0: Even your little office in the basement with no windows has itself become something of a character. In at least my mind, you know that you're like broadcasting to us from your fortress of solitude or something.
1: Yeah, man. Thank you for saying that. That means a lot to me because people come in here when, when uh, on rare occasions when I do have guests, people come in here and they're like, "Oh, it's like messy in here." And are you ever going to clean this place? It's like, no, you don't understand. This is like. It's become sort of like a an extension of myself, so to speak. Yeah, You have to deposit a part of your brain there, right? Yeah, and, and it's an interesting thing. It's like my home is not this way at all, but in in the office, uh, it's been fully GTD'd. Do you know what that means? Get things done, right? Yeah, yeah. So I had a get things done kick in like 2019, and like the my office is now a beautiful sanctuary where everything is more or less where it belongs Mm -hmm. and if it's not where it belongs it only would take a few minutes to get everything back right you know so um that
0: that's interesting it it, like i i don't know what to, to what degree like my perceptions of your personality and stuff like are gonna be accurate you know because you know like i'm interacting with the Oh, uh, what would, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm interacting with, uh, interacting. I say, like, like I'm consuming your content, right? And so, like, mm-hmm. I'm consuming the, the Piper's Dojo side of Andrew Douglas, you know? But interacting my, with would be better okay i mean inter- <laughs> you're right that is better isn't it <laughs> um but so like uh, like that's that's a game face as it were maybe in a way you know and so, like my my perception would have been that like yeah i i could imagine andrew douglas being a gtd kind of guy you know just maybe because of the way that the dojo seems to run you know like i don't know uh s- seeking efficiency at all times upgrading systems improving methods that kind of thing you know um trimming the fat, uh, uh, kind of, if, if that makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I get that from my mom, you know, just like very, an- I'm very analytically minded. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, with very little follow through. <laughs> with know? very little follow through. I, yeah. wonder, I wonder if that's the case
0: for a lot of us who, who maybe feel drawn to things like, you know, shark habits and get things done methods and stuff. Like maybe we run through those methods and stuff in our minds more than actually put them into practice
1: yeah and then and then uh that could be, and then I think for me it's like that's not actually probably true. I think I probably have a lot of follow through. I just don't follow through I rarely ever follow through a hundred percent are you the are you
0: the source are you the reason that I think to myself sometimes done is better than perfect?
1: It's possible. I say that a lot
0: because i I picked that up from the Rank guys, but if they pick that up from you, then you know I'm just figuring out the etymology of the phrase here
1: yeah you know uh perfect uh anytime you try to make something perfect it usually well it well obviously we all know this usually fails Uh, Mm -hmm. but if you succeed it almost certainly throws the rest of your life out of balance Mm
2: -hmm. yeah
1: uh and and then i really struggle with that because i want uh i i want it all Mm -hmm. and i want it now (laughs) i think someone's saying that (laughs) Freddie mercury (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I want like a, you know, I want a happy family and I want to get rich and I want to play bagpipes and I want to, I don't know what else. Oh yeah. Have have have, big
0: biceps, of course.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. Well, actually, ironically, biceps, I don't usually worry about those. Oh, see, I was just running
0: through my own list and it's just matching so far. So
1: (laughs) yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think we're on the same page. And so (laughs) if you want all that stuff, you better not be uh, too concerned about perfection in any of those areas. Mm. you know uh, but uh, hopefully, I think maybe it'll be possible to uh, uh, eventually acquire a very good level in all of those.
0: yeah, taking the the long view maybe is a necessary ingredient there, huh?
1: well, it's and, it, and it's a fascinating uh, it's a fascinating, really difficult, uh, at times painful concept, you know, because I, I grew up in, you know, Glenn Brown and I were good buddies.
2: Hmm.
1: Uh, and Glenn is an example of a guy who decided to pursue perfection, let's say, like just for, I, I'm not sure that's what he does, but let's just use that as like a talking point. Yeah, You know, he, he decided to go for it and, and to get out there and try and win gold medals and stuff. Um, and that's, you know, that's something I, that I chose not to do, you know, hmm. um, and and there's really, I mean, people, people try to say that there is a way to get back into it, but I think that's probably pretty unlikely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially at this stage. Uh, especially at this stage when there's so many great young players. Oh, man. Spe- especially in Scotland.
0: <laughs> Isn't that amazing? It's like, I feel like not... I don't know, not not just the ones that you'll see at, at you know, at the, the Clasp and stuff, right? These or, or even like Trad Awards, you know, you see like these these people and you, you hear them playing, and it's like, wow, that's amazing. And you're like, what, this, he's 17 years old? What? You know, yeah. and, but yeah. even just like on the personal local level, you know, you you see young kids coming into the band and stuff and it's like, they're playing stuff that I couldn't do until I'd been going for 10 years. You know, how's the how's the bar constantly going up?
1: Yeah, and, and it'll be the same for them, you know, it'll yeah. be the same for these young uh, for these young, talented players, uh, the, the level of play will probably be higher, but at some point you have to make that decision. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, uh, what, uh, what darlings do I need to kill off in order to pursue this? And then right. is that, is that a, uh, is that a decision I'm prepared to make?
0: Mm. Yeah. There's an other end to every stick you pick up, huh?
1: Yeah. It's fascinating. Right. And it's very challenging. And, uh, for us, having kids was the, uh, you know, <laughs> the straw that broke the camel's back. Uh, you know, at least as insofar as the illusion that you could have it all is concerned. You know, it's just <laughs> or you
0: could have control over anything uh, in your life.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that could be. We shouldn't. We should stay away from that branch because that'll be a really long podcast.
0: <laughs> hey, uh, if your coffee's ready, uh, feel free oh, to. But but thanks, Andrew, while you're walking, I want you to think about this question: If okay. you are going to design a a chess set based off of pipe bands which instrument players would be which uh pieces just think about that while you walk over.
1: Oh, uh, see that's a yeah, uh, that's a trap. <laughs> you must you must know something. Okay. Okay, I'm back.
0: So, not 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 to get too trivial with things here, but I am curious what you might think. Um my the the thing is that my 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 good friend Mike Swan has done some work for you and um oh yeah how's mike doing i think i think good i think good we were just talking last night i think things are going well um he's another
1: guy he has way too much balance in his life
0: he he, you know yeah he's one that i think he's he's kind of a guiding star for me in a lot of ways
1: (laughs) Uh, geez i don't know what that
0: means (laughs) only only in the best possible ways but uh he he knows that I, i i'm very enchanted by the game of chess um, very bad at it. I'm like so bad at it, but
1: uh, I really. Oh, love we should it. be chess.com buddies then, because. Uh, yeah. I'll make I you love, feel great about
0: yourself, Andrew. Really.
1: <laughs> I I love chess. That's not true. I, whatever. It's just like one layer. Cause my brother is like he's the real chess lover hmm. in in the family, and and he's excellent. I think he's got like a 1900 rating or something. Oh wow. Like pretty pretty legit, you know yeah. what I mean? Uh, And so. uh, when I play slow chess, I'm like I'm between 1000 and 1200,
2: hmm.
1: probably, but when I but I don't have time for that. So I play the fast games and my rating is is uh <laughs> really bad. I I don't know.
0: I'm uh, I'm I'm one of those like if you had like a graph that shows in my head whether it's slow chess to fast chess you know uh seven eight moves in it suddenly becomes fast chess because I just want to see where it goes, <laughs>
1: right, yeah, yeah, nice, that makes a lot of sense to me yeah but and, and I don't think that's a bad thing, I think that's uh you're experimenting with the game
0: i'm, I'm gonna choose to look at it that way yeah <laughs> uh i I grew up with an uncle in the house my 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 mom's brother lived with us for a lot of years, and he was you know maybe fifteen years older than me, so it's a bit like having an older brother present, and he was a big chess guy and so that's where it started for me and he also was is the good one in the family Um, cool i think i probably could actually count on just my hands how many chess matches i have won in my life but i've played hundreds just because i love it i think it's so fun but but a big part of it is that i'm i am enchanted by the pieces i love looking at novelty sets but just the classic pieces you know like i just there's just something really enthralling about the way they look to me And my kids and I like to uh, kind of in our imagination and sometimes with a 3D printer design, you know, novelty sets. We've got like a a Pokemon set, you know, and and we're working on a Starcraft set and stuff like that. So what if you were going to design a pipe band chess set, where would the snares be? Where would the tenors be? Where would the pipers be? What do you think?
1: Okay, so this is a difficult question.
0: I will be psychoanalyzing everything you say, of course.
1: And I, I haven't had long enough to think this through. But yeah, I'll that's, take a,
0: a, that's, that's fair. We should say that like, this is on the toes. You might change your mind over time.
1: Definitely. So this is just the first stab at it. Okay, ready? Yeah. Let's start with the pawns. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're gonna expect this answer, okay? But I think the pawns are non-players oh that's that support us we're going outside the box here okay yeah well and there's a lot of different types but like we can just group them all together but like think about it right so it's like the pawns are like these little pieces Mm, you 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 need to (laughs) so like you know beginner's view is like you need to get those pawns kind of out of the way so you can get the important pieces into the game Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know what i mean like that's the beginner's view like Quite literally, there's only a couple pieces that could even possibly move unless the pawns get out of the way. Hmm. So that's beginner's view, right? Of chess, right? And then, uh, and so that could be like spouses and kids and- I'm
0: I'm, I'm immediately imagining the pieces look like moms with cameras around their necks on straps.
1: Yeah, sort of. Although those, you know, those would be some special pawns. You know, I think most of of them in the piping world are- Maybe actually the power
0: pieces. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, well, you know, and then that's what I mean. It's like, I might need to think this through a little bit. more. Right. But, uh, but the beginner's view is like, okay, cool. You know, uh, the wife let me get away for the weekend to go to band practice mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, and, and think of this in like a sort of symbolic way, not, not too literal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then as, as you get better at the game of chess, like you start to realize how important the pawns actually are and, and how like, uh, and how they're support is actually probably extremely valuable yeah. and and how they Vital are arranged even. yeah and how they are arranged in your life or even in the life of a pipe band like depending on how you're looking at this uh and depending on how they're arranged you know it's going to have a huge impact on the outcome of the game
0: this you've taken this to a deeper and more important and discussion worthy level than i ever could have expected andrew this is impressive
1: yep uh I, i've always had that problem so uh <laughs> So anyway, so I, that's what I, I think the pawns are probably that.
2: Mm.
1: Okay, and then um, uh, and then it's just going to get. I'm just going to get in a ton of trouble as I start yeah, to discuss the other things. This is the, yeah. this is to the reason offended, you asked everybody. the question. <laughs> yep. The reason you asked the question is because you wanted to get me to talk bad about tenor drummers. That's that's the main reason. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um,
1: which I will now do. So I think that. Uh, knights and bishops are definitely bass and tenor drummers, mm-hmm. right? Like super limited uh, in what they're capable
0: of. Kind of cool and, that they're uh, in the middle of each side, though midsection. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh yeah, d- totally. No, no. <laughs> and then if anyone out there who is a bass or tenor drummer is listening, I'm just trolling you. <laughs> uh, and and like, there's there's more layers to this. So, um, I think that. Uh, I actually love bass and tenor drumming, drumming okay? Because let's just cut to the real reason you asked this question, mm-hmm. and then we'll get back to the chess pieces. Yeah, I love bass and tenor drumming, but it's really rare that it's done well. Because mm. this is what you're trying to get me to talk about, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, when you're in a pipe band, how, how do bass and tenor drummers usually come to be? They are
0: the friends and spouses of people who play pipes, or they're people who try playing pipes and decide it's not for them. Cool. Again, any, also, no offense, else? like some of, my, some of my good friends, some of my dearest friends, and they do a great job at it. But, you know, like that's if, if it gives me any kind of like immunity, like some of my good friends who are bass and tenor drummers have said themselves, like, that's how they, that's how it happened, you know.
1: Right. Cool. And um, I suppose in some rare cases that amounts to someone becoming uh, enamored with piping and drumming music and really like striving for mastery although ironically what would probably happen in that case they'd probably end up deciding to pick up the pipes of the snare drum right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah because like you know uh it just well it would just probably tend to happen that way okay and then uh, that's usually how uh bass and tenor drummers are made right they're made from people who had nothing else to do yeah, and whose whose interest level are not and and by the way, I just said usually, I'm not saying always. Uh, usually, that's how they're made, right?
0: Probably every bass or tenor drummer listening right now is an exception to that rule. Honestly, mm, so. yes,
1: I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Come on, yeah, we uh, gotta say,
0: come on. <laughs> I'm trying to save us here.
1: No, it's okay. If I'm the one, I, I, it wouldn't be the first time I've upset someone. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and so you know, I might as well be the scapegoat for this one too. <laughs> but uh, that's usually what happens. Okay, And I'm sure there are, you know, uh, maybe that's most people, most situations, most of the time. And there are exceptions to that. I mean, um, I've found, though, if you look at all of the great bass and tenor drummers, certainly all the ones that I can think of off the top of my head, it's not actually true. Maybe I can think of one or two quasi-exceptions. But most of them come from a piping or snare drumming background. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. A few of them... Come from a Highland dancing background, which is kind of fascinating and interesting hmm. to think about. Uh, but most of the uh, really good bass drummers that I know um, began as a snare drummer, or uh, bagpiper, or maybe a drum kit player. Maybe there's mm-hmm. a few of those floating out there. And my, I, I guess where my point, my point with this is, uh, you know, b- uh, bass and tenor is like a really nuanced. Uh, element of a pipe band, and mm-hmm. without the understanding of piping or snare drumming music, uh, or maybe some other kind of music, like you know, maybe you play in jazz or something, and then somehow you end up playing at a high level in a midsection in a pipe band or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like all of that sounds interesting to me, uh, interesting to me, but like most bass and tenor uh, players throughout the world. Are not coming at this from a musical angle. They're coming at it from a strictly social angle, like oh, like I have to be at the games every weekend. Might as well do something Mm
2: -hmm.
1: cool. Tenor drum, yeah, right. By the way, I think a lot of pipers, a lot of bagpipers. That's basically what they're doing too, in a different way. Uh, And and all of that stuff, you know, uh, I'm not a huge fan of. Mm -hmm. It's like if I, I, you know, I guess my angle is that the bagpipe is. Like a wonderful tool of self-expression uh, and a, a wonderful musical instrument, and much beyond that, my interest level is not particularly high. Sure, gotcha. Uh, you know, like like the dress-up aspect of it. Yeah, um, I'm appreciating it more as I get older, and I'm appreciating the history of it more, perhaps. Let's say, um, but uh, you know, it's ninety-five percent. Like for me, it's. 95 to 100 percent you know music oriented and what kind of cool music you can make
0: that that's Um, interesting because i feel like i only get more cynical about the dress up aspect of it as i get older um like i i do i do i take i take every every chance i can to play a gig in pants you know like mm -hmm. i just um and you can tell when somebody hires you for a gig and they're like and what are you going to be wearing? You know what I mean? Like, like you are going to be in the, in the full get up, right? You know, you can tell when that's the focus, what they really want is. And that hurts
1: my, that hurts my soul.
0: That, it bothers me as well. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I still take the gig because I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a you know what for money, but uh, you know, it's. Uh,
1: it's like when you get, if you get set up on a blind date, right? Or if mm-hmm. you're going to set up a friend on a blind date mm-hmm. with like this really like nice woman and all your friend wants to talk about is whether or not she's hot. Right. Exactly. Yes. You're and like, it's like, and it's like, well, um, it's like, yeah, I will be getting dressed up, and I'll look pretty darn nice. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like there's when I more play this to gig. this. Yeah. But there's like, yeah, and like, and and the dress up aspect it just represents like a tiny portion of my worth.
2: Mm, yeah.
1: Right. And so, yeah, it's exactly. It kind of breaks my heart a little bit. Yeah. It's like you do realize, you do realize, like this is something I've done my entire life and I've like relentlessly pursued mastery of this
0: and and like like I'm excited to share beautiful music with you and your people you know I didn't want to be eye candy you know
1: (laughs) yeah yeah well and you know when you play the gig people do come up to you and say wow that sounded really nice yeah it's just they're
0: always so often surprised at that yeah
1: yeah and 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 it turns out they did enjoy it and even the uh even the person that hired you might be like wow that was actually really amazing it's mm-hmm.
3: like mm-hmm.
1: you know yep that that was the idea yeah and that's it's uh definitely related to why I don't play that many gigs anymore mm. it's like i don't feel i don't feel good about it by the way that's uh funerals would be the exception people mm-hmm. call me, if people call me for a funeral, I'm usually happy to do it. And I usually don't bill too much. Mm-hmm. Cause that seems like, like that works for me. You come away from that thinking that you really did some good and, yeah. and that your presence there like was actually meaningful. Yeah. And the fact that got me and not someone else is probably uh, a really worth you know, part of what makes it worth doing as well. Mm-hmm. I don't mean that like in a cocky way, just in like a I took it seriously and and I you know and I did my best to sound as good and as musical as I possibly could like that seems like a solid value proposition in that setting
0: yeah certainly and and Andrew I don't mean to like hop around too much I still want to find out who the who the rooks and kings and queens are as well but um I I just wonder like speaking of like um GTD and 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 stuff like that like these like I don't know, um, mental games or, or, or uh, uh, worldviews, stuff like that. Do you, do you find maybe, maybe this is, maybe I shouldn't reveal this too much about me because it makes me sound too selfish, but I play a lot of funerals personally. And I wonder if it's a similar experience to you, you know, the sort of strong interest. uh, Maybe there's, maybe it's having a moment in like stoicism and the idea of like memento mori and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that there's a what you could call a, a selfish benefit to doing a lot of funerals in that you're sort of like present for death at a somewhat frequent interval throughout your life. Um Yikes. Yeah, I know. Okay, maybe I, I wish I'd composed this in a prettier way. But, you know, like you are, I don't know, um, you become something of like a third-party observer to uh, families and friends grieving, you know, on a, a pretty pretty regular basis um you hear the synopsis of people's lives over and over again you know um I don't feel like it's ever ceased to be special to me you know like in spite Mm -hmm. of hearing dozens in a year you know it's not like the last one is like just business as usual there's always a little pinprick in the heart you know at some point but do you feel like it affects your life in any way like is this part of how you um how you uh approach the day when you wake up in the morning do you have more of a presence and awareness of the limitedness of the time that you have to be alive because you're present for that
1: it's a really good question I think you play more funerals than me Ah, (laughs) (laughs) by the sounds of it but uh no yes is I, I think funerals are definitely in in the sort of weird way that you're referring to yeah absolutely the most special of the daily gigs that you get Mm -hmm. if you choose to let them be yeah yeah um yeah i i've also i've also known people who do so many funerals that it's just a gig right of course you know but uh yeah maybe i I do just enough and there's (laughs) there's definitely been some weird funerals yeah (laughs) weird in the sense that like uh in the sense that it's like oh wow holy crap uh that is intense and I'm really grateful to be alive and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I lead a sheltered existence. You know, I, I live in a, you know, I, we have two beautiful kids and I have a great wife and we live in a nice neighborhood and we have enough money and we were both raised well and mm-hmm. we both come from solid families and uh, we've never really seen war before. And I don't know, basically. Oh yeah. And like an hour a day, I leave my job and I, go like do physical exercise to, you know, in hopes yeah. that- And it's not just I to can... like
0: bring the crops in. It's like-
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so exactly. Like what are crops again? Oh yeah, crops are those things that, that <laughs> right. some people have to make so that like, I can just go to the store and pick up a box of wheat thins. Yeah. Um, so there's that, and then, yeah. So for me, definitely 100% when, when you play at a funeral, it's like, it's a brief glance uh, into the fact that this is all it's all fleeting i suppose yeah absolutely yeah. and i and yes and definitely i i'm the type of brain that would would think about that in a similar way
2: mm. Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: but yeah but but it's not for me it's a rare enough thing like let's say maybe i do half a dozen funerals a year at this point mm-hmm. so so it's not it's not like it, it's not like a regularly recurring exercise
0: that might be the sweet spot though, you know, if it was, if it was yeah. 25, 26 a year, then, then maybe that's where it starts to dull in its effect. And maybe, maybe you've
1: got just enough that it keeps this, it's got a flavor to it or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's weird though, isn't it? Cause I mean, I would also say that uh, my ideal number of weddings per year, mm-hmm. the ideal number would be zero. <laughs> you don't like playing weddings, huh? <laughs> I mean, uh, every now and then you, you would get, uh, every now and then at a wedding, you get the... A super magical meaningful feeling, but it's yeah. really, really exceedingly rare.
0: Yeah, I can see that for sure. Yeah. Um, so moving moving from something that feels like it's uh <laughs> maybe deeper and bigger back to something more uh, uh simple uh yes. what else do you want to tell me about that midsection on your chessboard or <laughs> is that exhausted
1: all right so so we, we talked about the pawns yeah uh and then I think that the king it's definitely the drum major. Mm-hmm. Nice. 100%. Yeah, You know, like, thinks they're important, but really can't really contribute much at all.
0: <laughs> That's, so, again, I, I hadn't thought about it. That you just took it a layer further
1: than I had thought. I was just thinking, like, yeah, there's one of them, so that makes it an easy choice. And then it, it's, like, castling, right? It's, like, <laughs> right. Uh, early, as early in the game as possible. Anyone who plays chess will know. You kind of just want a castle him and you want to just take the rook and switch him with the king so yeah. that the, the king gets out of the way. Yep. So that you can go about actually like playing the game, actually getting stuff done, because he's just in the way. Strategy, really. <laughs> exactly. So like that that also is reminiscent of the drum major. And by the way, drum drum majors, if you're out there, <laughs> once again, once. <laughs> I'm sure you're the exception. Yeah. <laughs> and and like you are really, because by the way, some drum majors are fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Like they do the logistics, and they're hum- You know, they're they're humbly. You know they're humbly there to support like the operation of the band and to try and make it as great a team as possible and they yeah. know the tunes so they know when the cutoff is coming sure and they give yeah a and signal. they know the tunes and and like you know and and like everything works harmoniously and they're just amazing people like i've met drum majors like that mm-hmm. but for every one of those i've met there's 99 uh, I know you run a clean show, so let's see. Ninety-nine.
0: I can bleep stuff later. Do what you want. Spankers? You can it? Can you say
1: spankers on your show?
0: <laughs> Wait, let me check. Let me check. Uh, network executives are saying yes. Spankers okay. is acceptable.
1: Right. Yeah. Exactly. And 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 like, okay. Let's define spanker. It's just a person. <laughs> well, that might
0: make it less uh, uh, less um okay, but go ahead.
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, exactly. Let's not do the network definition. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I guess what I mean. I think in this case, spanking is referring to. Uh, this is going to be the the title here. <laughs> just not, and, and it's my same gripe with some bass and tenor players, right? Hmm. Like the the reason you're there is not musical.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, on the note of like uniform um, obsession, I do feel like the 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 most like obtrusive, will get in your face and tell you you did it wrong. People who I've ever encountered personally. You know, mm-hmm. who are going to tell me that I'm, you know, tying my shoelaces wrong because it's not the traditional fashion or something? Are, yeah. are usually drum majors.
1: Yes, exactly. So, like, so, and maybe, and maybe that's what, their
0: role. I don't know. You know, maybe that's really what they and, should and be doing,
1: but... I think if done well, it's an important role that can be really, really cool and and um, representative and symbolic of something important and great mm-hmm. that shouldn't be lost. Like, absolutely. Like, I think there's, I think there's a way to do it right. Yeah. Just yeah. Uh, and I definitely, you know, feel like there's a way to do bass and tenor stuff right. Absolutely, no doubt about it. Right. So this is not like a blanket
0: get rid of them kind of thing, right?
1: Yeah. Or that I hate them all. That's not what mm-hmm. this is. It's mostly like you know, uh, I'm mostly just trying to uh, defend positions that have gotten out. I think it's gotten out now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so uh, yeah. So I think there's that. Yep. Exactly. So, so, like, if on you're, a deeper if you, level, yeah, I was just go gonna—I I was just gonna just expound on this, right? So it's like, why do we play the bagpipes or drums or whatever? I think, and I think uh, I'll just stick with piping because that's sort of my main mm-hmm. lane, right? It's mm-hmm. like it's an opportunity to uh, express yourself, right? Yeah. And, but there's like, but there's a huge to master the skills necessary. Uh, to truly uh, express yourself in a meaningful way on the bagpipe, like that's a huge commitment. That's a huge, uh, um, you know. Let's just go with commitment, right? It's something mm-hmm. that that uh, many of us have committed our entire lives to doing. And then, of course, it's like uh, the more you learn, the less you know type thing, right? It's like totally, yeah. It, it, it's a snowball thing, and and you realize you're never gonna achieve perfection. But in in the meantime, sometimes you you do have these moments where. Suddenly it comes together and, and you have these incredible musical experiences mm-hmm. uh, and and like to me that's what this is it's yeah. like this it's like this uh, a potentially wonderful thing and then through the dojo right uh, it, that's how I share that with the world right it's like students come and then if they like what they do they hang around and it, it's my opportunity to help them realize that mm. um, and that's like to me that's what it is it's something I I hold very sacred and by the way, I'm still working on trying to define it better and better. So that's clearer and clearer to others and to myself, like what that is. But then there's the opposite, there's the opposite edge to that, right? Like there's the, there's the bagpipe cosplay
2: mm-hmm.
1: status disease thing yeah. that, uh, and that's really what on a personal level, I, I, that's really what I think I'm fighting against. And so when I see that, uh, when I see that, that's sort of like, and by the way, I don't mean enemy, like I hate those people. It's just, I don't like, or, or that's sort of what I'm battling, uh, as a teacher and a practitioner. Right. Right. It's like, I'm battling that attitude. So when I see that attitude out there, um, it's something that I I feel obligated to point out. And then, and then where do you see that really commonly? Well, we, we talked about drum majors and, uh, in in mid sections and stuff like we see that really commonly there we need to figure out how to uh, you know peel back the layers of those onions and like how it is possible for bass and tenor to contribute in a huge way to a great pipe band.
0: Yeah, you know that... if if it weren't there, it would be uh, it wouldn't be the same thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Then that's what we need to figure out, and that's what we need to uh, uh, go after.
0: And, you know, I feel like even though I've never been in a, maybe because I've never been in a midsection position myself other than the occasional, I mean, what Piper hasn't picked up a bass drum for mass bands or something, right? But, um, like, I it took me a lot of years to appreciate what a good midsection even was, you know? Uh, very kind of blinders on, only focusing on finger work kind of thing, you know? but um,
1: and, and it's not even about whether or not the midsection is great. Mm. Uh, it's about how they're how they orient the thought process. Yeah. Does that and, make sense? It,
0: it does. And I think maybe that's, that's maybe like the clarifying thing for a lot of what you're describing here. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is that it's not so much that you're uh, waging a war as it were, or, or battling against individual humans. It's more against um mi- a, a mindset. And yes, it's like, amen. how can we weed out that mindset and replace it with, you know, something that is, Mm, deeper, better, more correct uh, i don't I don't know more um I'm struggling for words for it too, but I, th- I you know it's not that you look at a person who maybe came to piping because they want to wear a kilt and say, "Get that person out of here. It's more like look at that person, and say, but also check out the music and maybe kind of convert them to this other ideology or focus or reason for being around as it were
1: Yes, yes, it's alluring, yeah, know? yep, yep uh, it's alluring, but it's like a it's a rare opportunity. Piping represents a rare, op- uh, I was speaking about the hamster wheel earlier. Like mm, yeah. the bagpipe represents a unique opportunity to get off the hamster wheel. And for some, maybe it's for a few minutes each day. Yeah. And then for me, I'm just sort of like this bizarre outlier where it's represented like an entirely different way my life could go, mm-hmm. right? Which is fascinating. Uh, but like, that's sort of what it is. It's like this really, wonderful, sacred opportunity. Um, And then like, just like with all of these, uh, with all these types of opportunities, what do most people probably do, right? It's like, they probably give into the temptations on the opposite edge, Hmm. uh, Hmm. you know, of the blade, right? So it's like, oh, all you have to do is like, figure out how to make a sound, a continuous sound come out of it. And suddenly people give me tons of free beer Right, uh, and right. hit on me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, at St. Patrick's Day and Memorial Day and Fourth of July,
0: I get my, um, uh, my 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 patch, as it were. Now I can wear my kilt in public, and
1: yeah, yeah. And that's like, and that's really a shame. Uh, and then, like, <laughs> without don't read into this too literally, but like, I I can tell you as someone who's like, you know, worked towards mastery, it's like all of those things that you are are tempted to enjoy. Um, there, all of those things are available to you as well. You know, it's like, so you don't have to, you don't, you don't have, have to pick up, yeah. one or the other. Right. Uh, like, well, let's just, it's, and I'm not talking about the free beer and stuff. I'm talking about like, let's say status,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? Like sometimes we, behind the scenes at the dojo, but, but also bag, the free beer and bag stuff bag too. You to also
0: season, don't have to give that so. stuff yeah. up, but, but go
1: on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's, you know, you, that's exactly my point though. So, yeah. but, but like, that's, uh, I think that's the reason people are doing it. And, and whether or not that was their original intention is another question, but it's sort of fallen back into that. You can get sidetracked into that stuff, yeah. Yeah, and that can happen at any point, you know, and it's, it's something that I often think about. It's like, am I just sitting back right now and enjoying my status, or am I still going after it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that, that would be a key question that, uh, you know, I don't know. Seems like a great opportunity, and you don't want to waste it. Yeah, yeah. Because those opportunities are rare. Yeah,
0: I, it it might be a mistake for me to even even head down this road, Andrew. But it's I can't help thinking that like it's it's interesting. Like I grew up in a very in a very um, very conservative religious community, and it's interesting to me that some of the adjectives that we're using in this conversation begin to feel a little bit like. Um, uh, questions of morality almost mm-hmm. where like it, to to borrow some of that parlance right is like they the the cheap and fleeting things that are easier to come by won't yeah. bring you lasting joy right but there's there's something deeper that will it, it's not that you have to give up happiness you'll get a deeper and more abiding joy by you know doing the harder thing as it does that make sense
1: That makes a hundred percent sense.
0: And and probably I'm not the only one who can speak to like that sort of like background being somewhere present in their brain. And so I think that's part of maybe what makes these ideas make some sense is like, sure, go for the cheap thrills if you really want to, but there's something better here. You have to look a little deeper. You have to dig a little deeper. You have to work a little harder, but it's more fulfilling. It will fill up your life, you know, throughout, you know, I don't know.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like, absolutely fascinating to think about and then like but then you could take uh, an organized religion like let's leave yours specifically out of it but like you could take an organized religion of some kind mm-hmm. uh and then you you would see the exact same things yeah totally um well and then like crossfit i do crossfit and oh like, is that that's your organized religion right is well but, exa- but that's like exactly <laughs> it right so crossfit would be accused Of being sort of like this cult-like thing yeah right and it is
2: Mm -hmm.
1: uh sort of ish ish it's not it's uh, actually zero percent that um you know because for a variety of reasons we can talk about exactly what a
0: cult member would say yes exactly (laughs) but
1: um but uh but it's it's all the same kind of stuff yeah there are some people that do crossfit like because they enjoy the abs Mm -hmm. Uh, and they want to tell people that they went unbroken.
0: Hey man, Uh, I'm a fan of abs too. So like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna.
1: Exactly. Like you might not want to join if biceps is all you care about. Um, (laughs) we, you know, we can talk about, you know, how, how like the recruitment patterns and all the whatever, but, uh. Yeah, but you, you know, but it's like anything, but then it's like, you could probably say that about a lot of these religions as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, But then there's the right way to do it and the wrong way to do it, I think, probably. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and if you're a practitioner of, of religion, right? And, and if you're at the higher end of things, um, giving everybody the benefit of the doubt, right? It's like, you've probably realized how doing it right can have huge positive impact on your life, mm-hmm. right? And that's probably why, uh, you know, you're so involved. But then I think there are others who just enjoy the status and the, the protection yeah. you know, and, yeah. uh, and the group think and like, you know, that kind of thing.
0: Right, right. I think actually. you see it everywhere. And I think it can be understandable, too. Like, you can look at this and go, like, well, I can see why any human would be drawn to that kind of thing, right? And one tries not to feel too superior or anything like that, right? But I feel like there's something swirling around and almost making a connection here, Andrew, where it's like, is chess about the pretty pieces? Or is there something deeper there that you begin to see, you begin to unpeel if you engage with the game, you know, over the course of of many matches? And then is pipe band? about the feather bonnets and the kilts or is there something deep about like emotional expression through a musical instrument that especially when like the barriers to entry are high you know it takes a lot of work and dedication does does years of work and dedication shine through in a subtle way in a two-minute tune you know and then well
1: and 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 it's not that subtle
0: and not even subtly right and and then and then and then we've got like crossfit like is it just the abs or is there something more about habits oh. and, and rituals there and then rituals? What about religion? You know? Like, I would say like, like
1: not... the most, the most amazing CrossFitters I've met. Yeah. Like they don't have abs yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's That's just like, it, like when you chat with them and they're, they, they're kind of like me, it's like, you know, we're tr- still trying to get, get one of those abs to poke through. Right? <laughs> one of those abs, <laughs> like, a
0: little off, off to the left over here. But, Check it but out. <laughs> like
1: uh, It's like, it's still trying to get those, but then like you watch them jump up and, and like, you know, do twenty-five pull-ups without stopping, and then like later, you're chatting with them, and you're like, "blah blah blah," and it just like casually comes up in conversation that they lost a hundred pounds,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and they suffer with like anemia or something. Yeah, and it's like, oh, and you just did that, and like you're you're healthy, and you're and you're focused, and you're not like just sitting idly by waiting for your, you know, diabetes prescription or something. You know, like that's really cool.
0: Yeah the the fact actually andrew like i want to kind of like flip this a little bit like where i i do tend to be i think more cynical and critical of things like uniform focus and like traditional forms of music like in competition and stuff like that than i ought to be like i often regret what i say after i've said it yeah me too but i also think that like Maybe there's an effect here that I feel like I've speaking of like individuals in a a religious community that I feel like I've seen sometimes in some of the older members of of my own religious community that like there's a coming round with new appreciation or understanding to things that are surface level. So uh, because I'm thinking like surface level, like religious rituals and rites. Seem important when you're a little kid and you're told you have to do this to get into heaven or you're going to, you know, you're going to go to hell or something, right? Then you reach this cynical point where you go, wait, this is stupid. It's just like, it's just the, it's just trinkets, you know, like this has no deep meaning. Then maybe if you like come around years, decades later, maybe there's like a deeper symbolic meaning somewhere that you can appreciate that you couldn't appreciate when you're in your cynical phase
1: yeah in my pipe band religion a lot like, am i sounds, cynical <laughs> you know yeah well it just sounds like uh it just sounds awfully familiar go ahead continue because i'm just wondering
0: like if you say that as you get it as you're getting older you begin to appreciate more things about the uniform its history stuff like that i wonder are you a little more enlightened than me and am i still deep in my cynical phase and will i come round in the next you know years or decades to like really really love um you know, uh, feather bonnets and, and, uh, uh, MSRs again, not the same way that I did when I was a teenager. Cause I did love them when I was a teenager, but in a shallow way that didn't last. Cause now I'm cynical about them. Oh, Will I love them in a deeper way, yeah. you know, when I come back around to them, does that make sense?
1: Yes. Okay. And then like, I think it's likely in the realm of pipe bands, I think it's probably, it's likely that I'm quote unquote more enlightened just because like That's sort of been my singular focus for- You've been
0: doing it longer and deeper for sure. 30
1: years, yeah. (laughs) There's another quote
0: I better not pull out of context, but- uh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: Try and sneak a few by the the, the sensors there. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, Yeah, no, I think so. And I think what you're describing, it's like really, really familiar. And it's not just in pipe bands. Yeah. But yeah, I think you're absolutely right. So like when I I was a young piper, it was all glory all the time. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I mentioned Glenn Brown earlier, because I think yeah. we represent the same thing to each other. It's like, it's the first time either of us uh, met a true adversary. Ah, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, just because when, like, for whatever reason, and maybe it was just circumstance, you know, uh, but, you know, we were young hotshots, and we went, we, when we, when it was games day, we woke up in the morning, put our stuff on, and like went out there and just if we didn't get the first place, we'd try and figure out what went wrong. And mm-hmm. then we do it all again the next weekend. Um, and that's the way that it was. And it's like you said, right? It's like that's kind of like the trinkets. That's kind of like the trinkets phase. Yeah. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, MSR. So cool. Like I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to lay it down and I'm going to do the P-Brock. And that's another way to sort of like, you know, Uh, progress and then like eventually I think you hit the wall and then that's probably when the cynicism starts to Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like the utility of the the utility of the trinkets uh, starts to wear off and you start to meet up with adversity Mm -hmm. Um, and then then what I think that's when the cynicism really started to creep in
0: yeah and that's probably the point where some people drop piping or drumming right that's that's maybe where it phases out of their life. Yeah.
1: Well, I think, I think that's right. I think that's right. I think the, I think the realization that, uh, the just like the sort of worthless, not really worthless, but the, uh, cheap, like you were saying before the Mm -hmm. cheap attention that you get Mm -hmm. just from making noise and dressing up like that, that really can't take you that far. Yeah. Not really. It's like, sorry, Uh, Sorry, honey, and like I'm not going to be around this weekend because I'm just going to be, you know, getting getting hammered in my kilt, making noise that's not even particularly easy on the ears.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like
1: that's not going to work. Right. That's gonna that's hard to sell. And then yeah, that that um, uh, at best represents a serious de uh, de escalation of your commitment Mm -hmm. to piping, right? And then yeah, I think most of the time it represents that that sort of Hmm. Symbolically, what represents people quitting, but that's not just, you know, that happens in the in the high level solo competing world as well. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's like the um, the novelty wears off. So when I when I moved to British Columbia uh, for college, right, I played with the SFU Pipe Band for a long time. Right. But, yeah. Uh, but you know that that resonates perfectly. You know, the cynicism arc, and and it's not like it's not necessarily cynicism like, oh, this is all stupid and I hate this, so I'm not gonna do it anymore. But it's like suddenly you go from waking up in the morning on games day expecting first prize uh, to just knowing you're not gonna get one. Mm, yeah. Uh, and, and so what does that mean? It's like, well, I still got seconds and thirds and fourths. Uh, but what it means is it's like, it's decision time. It's like you either have to dig in and figure out how you're gonna take this to the next level.
2: Mm. Uh,
1: and that's a hard thing to do. And and it, it's going to be a lot of discomfort, a lot of delayed gratification. Best case scenario, and there yeah. are no guarantees anymore. Uh, but that doesn't that sound kind of familiar? It's like oh yeah, it's like religion. Uh, religion. I was not brought up religious, so I'm speculating. But go, like, go
0: ahead. I think you're. I think you're hitting on the right. Uh, what's this? What's what's the metaphor here? You're you're banging on the right door.
1: That's yeah. So it. when when life is easy, um, the. Uh, the simple simple aspects of religion that are probably like therapeutic and probably earn you a lot of attention
2: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, and stuff like, when life is easy, that's great. But right around 12 or 13, it's like the ease of life starts to begin to wear off, doesn't it? Yes, yeah. And then like, and then you probably, well, and then they call that adolescence, right? Mm -hmm. Sort of become cynical and you're like, this is all stupid and I don't need any of you people. And this is all lame, and then you have to go through all of the extremely painful aspects, like yeah. things that are necessary to learn. and then like, you know, uh, and then adulthood sort of represents when you decide to uh, when you decide to make a go for it anyway, even though everything's shit. mm that, you know, it's, <laughs> I love that, Andrew. Like,
0: I I don't yeah. know how many people will, will resonate with that. I suspect that most people actually resonate with that idea. I think that most humans resonate with that idea. That, like, it sounds defeatist, but it actually isn't. It's actually beautiful. Like, it's like, look, <laughs> I'm not, I used to say everything was wonderful. And, you know, and, like, that sounds nice, right? But to say, like, just to say that everything's shit, and I'm gonna recognize that it is, and we're all in it together, and we're choosing to move forward anyway. That's actually one of the most beautiful, like this. That that's that's what is amazing about humanity to me. Yes, maybe I maybe I took that too uh, too too hard. No, I, <laughs> Is that what I, you I were going for?
1: <laughs> I, I think you're probably right. And then like speaking of then, being but cynical, then huh?
2: like, <laughs> here I am, right?
1: <laughs> no, no, I think you're right about that. I think that I think that arc resonates with me and makes sense to me but it's also like maybe you and I are are sitting in a privileged position not privileged in the in the pop culture sense of the word but like privileged as in like that's the arc we've chosen that's fair
0: yeah and then like
1: uh and then like how much money is there to be made uh and like how much easier is it when you can keep the people around you in adolescence mode
0: that's now that is an interesting point because you mentioned that like around 12 13 is where things start to break down for you a little bit you know in 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 some ways if we're looking at this like stages of faith religion view but yeah. that that adolescence phase doesn't necessarily marry up with your chronological age so in piping does your adolescence phase set in in your mid-30s well it, it may well you know depending on where you started and and how much or, you play or do you like ever that.
1: leave or do, or do you, you ever, ever leave? leave
0: absolutely do you stay in that first stage of piping until you die maybe you do
1: I see a lot of adults, and by the way, it's really bizarre when these people are people that you look up to. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, like, uh, but, you know, that, I have That never like, meet your heroes thing? Yeah, but it's like, so you look up to them and, and you really admire them, and it could be for any aspect. It could be for any reason. And then you realize, wait a minute. These are just, well, and like to use today's terminology, it's like, these are just adolescents. That are dressing up like adults Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: they actually don't, they actually haven't, they might not even be conscious of what's going on and they're just like perpetually kind of stuck there. And then I find that really depressing and difficult to bear
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, because there's no explaining it either. Yeah. It's like,
3: yeah.
0: You might, you might respect somebody for like one very specific skill that they're very good at. And then you might realize that the reason they're so good at that one thing is that they're an uncomplicated human. <laughs> they're very one-dimensional, and that's the only thing that they can do.
1: <laughs> and then, like the, and then, uh, and then, like, tons of uncomfortable, uh, tons of uncomfortable thoughts spring from that.
2: Hmm.
1: Like, here's another really uncomfortable thought: uh, Would I be happier if I just remained an adolescent?
0: Oh man, you're yeah. <laughs> There's an uncomfortable thought that's run through my head a lot.
1: Like isn't would it?
0: This is yeah. oh you've seen the Matrix I mean. right? Uh, yeah. Do you remember the guy who sells him out in the first Matrix movie? He's sitting with um with the agent at the restaurant. Yes. and He's like, and I decide, ignorance is bliss. Yep. Right? Amen. Do you, do you, is it easier to just go back to the Matrix? Do, or do you regret? Well, stepping can out you go bit? back? Can you? Absolutely. Can you? Is it even possible?
1: Yeah. But you know, and then and then like, yeah, yeah. It's all it's all like. It's all very challenging.
0: Well, and here's the other thing too, Andrew, when you're in that position where you've either stepped out of the matrix purposefully, or you've been pulled out of it, you didn't realize you were stepping out of it, but now you find yourself outside of it. Do you look around at your friends in the, in the pipe band matrix, as it were, and do you think to yourself, which would be better to try to pull them out (laughs) or to just let them enjoy the matrix as long as they can? (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs)
1: Right. Right. Yep. Great question. Great question. And then like, you know, uh, didn't go that great for Morpheus, you know? (laughs) Right. Yeah. He he had a hard time. He, uh, he decided to commit to pulling people out. Right. Yeah. And so like, yeah, what's the right way to do it? I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Actually, I am quite sure. (laughs) Uh, you
0: know, speaking of, uh, the Piper's dojo, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So
1: yeah. Bagpipe stuff. Yeah. No, but yeah, I, I am quite sure. Or let's just say like, you know, I have made that decision Mm -hmm. that, you know, you got to try to, uh, endure all the discomforts surrounding, you know, teaching people. And it's extremely rewarding when it works out. Yeah. So, you know, uh, yeah, it's extremely rewarding when, when people get it. It's, but it's also extremely rare. (laughs) Yeah. It's like uh, so painfully rare. But isn't there a relationship
0: there? Like that's, Yes, You have, and I'd like to hear some of your story too like if I understand correctly you have something of like a formal music education um, and so you're like you've got to be familiar with other instruments and so tell me if I'm wrong about this but it seems to me like maybe part of the specialness of the bagpipes is precisely the limited nature of it and its temperamentalness and, and how long it takes to get to a point where you can actually be expressive all of those things make it so the payoff is so much better precisely because it's so rare, you know? And I feel like maybe similarly teaching in, with the Piper's Dojo, there's again, like how many hundreds of people, how many hundreds of hours, thousands of hours do you spend before you get that minute that's magic, you know?
1: Right, yeah, exactly. Well, and like first of all, isn't it limitation that makes all art wonderful? It's not. Mm. It's not the. It's not the. It's not the variety of things you can do. That makes art instru- uh, interesting. Uh, it's what you do despite the challenges. Mm. Yeah. Isn't it? I think you're right. Yeah. It's like you know why, uh, if if Van Gogh if there's if Van Gogh was alive today instead of when he was alive, which I don't know when, like one of those years in the past, right?
2: Yeah, uh, uh, no one would
1: care.
0: Somewhere between zero and eighteenth century, I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he would be on some. He would be on some dark web forum cutting off his ear, <laughs> and no one would care, right? No one would care. And why is that, right? It's because now you can just take a picture. Yeah. And then you can mess around with it in Photoshop.
2: Right. Right. Make and and like you whatever.
1: know, I'm I'm of course I'm of course grossly simplifying things, right? Mm-hmm. But like the the amazing thing about Van Gogh and like. You know all these all these painters, impressionists, was, were Dadaists painters. I don't know, but uh, anyway, like all of these people, they were they were doing amazing things uh, with a paintbrush. Yeah, uh, and it was really interesting and really incredible and and worth pursuing because you you weren't going to be able to get that any other way. And by mm. the way, I'm sure there are modern painters today who could totally just. Dis- disprove or, you know, stick holes in what I just said. And I'm sure there are things you can do with a paintbrush still that a camera can't do. And it's probably really interesting, but I, I'm just sort of like, I'm just sort of thinking about that and because you're referring to the bagpipe being like a restrictive yes. kind of instrument, right? Yeah. We only have nine notes. Uh, we, well, you know, uh, man, we, we don't even have choice over what pitch we're going to play.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like
1: not a thing, you know, uh, whatever pitch you start at is not the pitch you're going to end up at. Uh, which is really interesting and fascinating, fascinatingly difficult. Um, And then does that make the payoff greater? I'm going to go with definitely yes. Yeah. I think so too. Because I uh, I can just pick up my guitar and uh, hold my phone up to it and it'll tune it for me and -hmm. it'll pretty much stay.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh,
1: And then like all you have to do is uh, pluck the string.
0: And it sounds pretty.
1: Yeah. And I think that's why guitar is such a popular instrument it's extremely accessible
0: and of course that's not to say that there are depths and heights that can be reached on the guitar like there can be with anything but, but
1: usually um, uh, but usually those usually what we're hearing like Jimi hendrix was taking the guitar he was pushing the boundaries of what's possible on the guitar
0: for sure yeah
1: and that's what it's about yeah yeah i,
0: think. I, I remember the first time listening to to hendrix that i realized that like he was like talking his guitar you know it was
1: like think of it less of talking and more of just like actually really honestly expressing himself
0: yeah it was like it skipped over spoken words he was like emoting directly yeah
1: well just watch like gary kasparov play chess or Mm -hmm. um or any of these guys yeah I, i mean even magnus carlson i mean like he his brain like operates in this like totally unique bizarre way. And I, I then, love like, watching him play. It's like yeah, and then that, but is that, then uh, is that guy
0: human? He's so unique,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, but it's not like yeah. And then meanwhile, if you, if he played against a computer, he would lose. Mm. Right. So it's not really about the winning of the games. It's about the expression, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Hey friends,
0: just this quick little note to remind you that you can follow the show on social media. You can write into the show. Uh, via email Uh, you can support the show on Patreon and we do fun giveaways over there in fact I was slow to do the giveaway for January so this week we're giving away one of uh, Stephanie Burns' books and an album from the Freestylers, a piping album or merch item and also speaking of merch items, you can buy stuff at bagpipeswag.com and if you have a pipe band that you want to sell stuff for on bagpipeswag.com that's also a thing that can happen and uh, i hope you're enjoying this conversation with andrew douglas if you haven't tried the pipers dojo before give it a try it's uh, super awesome back to the conversation thank you bye bye i feel like it's a similar concept maybe to like the idea in music of tension and release like if the if a song were all release you know if it was all pretty major chords it's kind of uninteresting, but when something is discordant and then it yeah. resolves, that resolve is magic. It wouldn't yes. have been if it hadn't been discordant first.
1: Yes. Makes mm. a lot of sense. Mm. Yep. Uh, and then like, uh, yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me. Absolutely. But uh, I think that is, I, I think just to go back to your original point, I, I think that is the um, the hidden the hidden pearl uh, in pursuing the bagpipes for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the um, the high that you get on those rare instances when things go well. I mean, it's not really, not really parallelable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I think there's and... an aspect of sharing. Like, I think there's a sharing element, you know, um, which is really interesting as well. Are like you thinking for...
0: like as in when you perform or as in when you participate yeah. with a band?
1: Yeah, both. Okay, yeah. Uh, so there's a sharing element. Um, and like a no man is an island type element mm. as well. Yeah. So like a performance where everything's clicking, uh, if there are witnesses, it seems to be more meaningful than when it happens by yourself. Like when it happens <laughs> yeah. by yourself, it's great. When it happens with others, uh, it's, uh, it's exponentially greater, it seems like. Yeah. You know, uh, and, or also even maybe when you're with others and it's not perfectly clicking, uh, there's also a, uh, you know, like you also tend to forgive that a lot more, mm. um, you know, with, in context yeah, or with added, like with added challenge. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Churches and pipe bands are pretty similar.
0: Look, <laughs> I'm not even joking, man. I've been, I've been putting together notes. There There's a, there's a professor who I am planning to reach out to. He's a professor of like, uh anthropology and religion and music and he like writes interesting pieces on like the co-development of religion language and music over the expanse of of human evolution um I don't know if he'll ever agree to it but I want to present an idea to him to come on the show at some point to talk about how pipe bands are religions <laughs> and,
1: and Yeah we uh, can I sit them. in on that one? For
0: sure man, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Get you get you to come. What do they call it? Uh not proctor the exam. What is it? The um to listen to the course as this as his professor we'll see we'll see if we can convince him um andrew i've already kept you for an hour uh do you still have time to tell me your entire life story
1: yeah i got time i you know it's like sort of the week between christmas and new year's right now so awesome well my, it i i'm fulfilling my plan at the moment which is to to do nothing particularly specific all week
0: good Good. Well, let me let me join you for a little longer. And by then. the way,
1: uh, by the way, that totally uh, uh, totally is a great representation of our conversation as well. It is,
0: isn't it? <laughs> um, so so what um, so what then? Let's let's go back to specifically doing nothing. Specifically talking about nothing that you know will spiral into something. Um, what about the rooks and the queens?
1: Okay. Well, it's pretty interesting. I'd, I'm not necessarily sure that it matters uh who's more important in a pipe band the pipers or the snare drummers Mm. so like it definitely seems like the pipers but it's like uh, but that's only because two judges represent their score when only one represents the snare drummers blah 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 like so like for me uh the pipers and the snare drummers and then how they relate are uh are the most important things so
0: have you ever thought that like I don't know if you remember Homer making an excellent point to Ned Flanders that nobody would be <laughs> upset with crabgrass if it had a cute name like elfgrass. Right. Um, what if it was called? What if the? What if these were called snare drum bands instead of called pipe bands? Like, to what degree is the thing that we call it what is coloring our perception of what it is that it's pipers accompanied by drummers?
1: I like I like that I like that general thought experiment. I'm not sure what I think, but I love like I love that train of thought because mm-hmm. it makes. It makes sense to me, and like, is my favorite part of playing in the band, the pipers or the drummers? Yeah. Like, I'm piping, I'm standing in there, I'm doing my piping thing, but like, what's my favorite part? I'm not quite sure, and I think it's just the, uh, I think it's just the teamwork element and the mm-hmm. uh, and and how it all works and and how it's like this little functioning society without actually. Uh, you know, you know, like all telepathic. It's like a telepathic mm-hmm. functioning society with no human, with no, with none of those like familiar human rules. It's like some sort of new thing.
0: Yeah, you know, I've 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 made music with like um like a traditional sort of like folk band makeup, you know, of instruments, and that's a lot of fun for sure. But it has struck me as interesting that you can talk to each other while you're jamming. While you're playing, even while you're performing, you can turn away from the microphone and say something to each other. Whereas with pipe bands, if for no other reason that it's so dang loud, once you once you push go, it has to be telepathic, right? Because like there's no other option. In fact, even the pipe yeah. major is using their foot to lead. That's that's weird, you know. Uh, and then like I think the foot is cheap. It's yeah. So maybe maybe
1: maybe I I should say they at minimum are using their foot, they ought to be using more, right? I mean, the coolest, like the cool, some of the coolest moments and Stuart does this a lot and I used to do it a little bit uh, and Terry used to do it a little bit. Stuart uh, and Terry probably learned it from you actually. Oh yeah, I highly doubt that. <laughs> uh, I learned a lot from those those two, that's for sure though, Yeah. you know. Uh, and then um, where, let's not get sidetracked but yeah. like some of the coolest moments where uh, they would just stop with the foot mm. and the thing would just go and mm. it would just you know and usually that's the reason they stop is because like there's no more need for me at, at the moment and then like it just kind of cranks mm. and it's really cool and it's a little bit of a bro flex too like if you ever it, it's like something fun to watch but like at the worlds when the when a band is going really really well sometimes you'll see the pipe major just like step back into the group and stop leading quote unquote mm. and like it just sounds incredible it's like this it's like it's like a really cool flex it's like you know <laughs> check this, this like,
0: out is this like when the really really good crossfitter doesn't have to do crunches in front of you to show that they have excellent abs it's like the pipe major's like yeah. look at what i've built i don't even yeah, well, have look to at what do i can this. do right? <laughs> right
1: yeah <laughs> yeah like it doesn't matter what i look like look at what i can do yeah or in the case of the pipe band, it's like just listen to what's happening mm. with no like with no leadership input. It's like it's like a cool, beautiful moment that can occasionally happen,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and it fires me up. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but then I was getting around to a point, but I lost it.
0: It'll, it'll come back. It's floating. In oh the air yeah, somewhere.
1: yeah. The 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 telepathic aspect. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. then I and then the idea that pipe band is so loud, mm-hmm. and so you have no choice but to just shut up and try to communicate telepathically for lack of a better word like I love that idea mm-hmm. have you ever read the music lesson I don't think so uh by Victor Wooten oh
0: okay I haven't read the whole book but I I follow Victor Wooten pretty darn closely okay so yeah. I, I have the sample of the book for, on Kindle so I've read whatever's in the sample I should I should commit and buy it but uh, I, cool I, I like Victor Wooten a lot so
1: Uh, It's a really cool book, and like he gets really into these sort of metaphysical uh, ideas. Yeah, kind of like the
0: spiritual ideas of music, right? uh,
1: The point I uh, was—I'm remembering my point that I was going to make. It's not only the fact that you can talk or communicate with others while you're playing music with them, right? It's that you must, or, Mm. or another way of putting it is, that's what it is. It's not anything else.
0: Oh yeah. Right? You're not so doing like, that while playing that, that is what you're
1: doing. That is what you're doing. Mm. And it's, uh, and, and it's an incredible feeling and you can only, uh, and you can only truly experience that feeling. Here's, here's another thing. Uh, you can only truly experience that feeling, uh, if you have control over the fundamentals.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So the, and so there's like, the plug for something like Piper's dojo, for sure. Like, you got to get the fundamentals down before you can start the expressing.
1: Yeah, and and what are the fundamentals? Okay, and the fundamentals are not expression, and that you know that's a huge thing that people get confused. It's like yeah, expression is wonderful. We definitely want that. Definitely, definitely, definitely. But like you need to be able to go from note to note without crossing noises, and you got to have grace notes, and eventually you're going to need the embellishments to be good, and then the, we also need to be able to blow steadily. We also need to to be able to identify when things are in tune versus not in tune. At least to some at least to some standard, we're gonna need those things. Yeah. Uh, and only then are you going to be able to experience some of these amazing things.
0: Cause that kind of clearing those out of the way is kind of what lets the amazing things shine through or, or break through.
1: Yeah, did you say you have kids?
0: I do, yeah.
1: So like when they're little babies, right? Uh, and you sit them down, you sit one kid down next to another kid, right? Mm-hmm. Do they play together? No, they play next to each other for yes, quite a while. Very true. Yeah. Right. For quite a while, they play next to each other, and then like uh, only later, once you've mastered a lot of uh, disparate fundamentals, do you note do you notice them actually playing with? the uh, other kids
0: that's an interesting parallel though because so many of those fundamentals are things like fine motor skills and and stuff which that's exactly what you're going for with the piping fundamentals as well right fine fine
1: motor skills and you know like and then once you have a mastery of those things once you can move around freely uh you know uh suddenly it becomes interesting to interact oh and then by the way when two kids do start playing together uh, is it like beautiful and harmonious, like <laughs> rarely. only rarely <laughs> those beautiful moments that shine through? Right, <laughs> you're right. It's like, and then you're introduced to like this whole new, like, uh, like this whole new beautiful layer. Yeah, and that, it's the same with nerds, right? Idea. Yeah, it's the same with nerds. So like the card game and, or the individuals, no, like just uh, like people yeah, who people were nerdy we about consider thing. to be nerds, yeah. which by the way, like I'm obviously- know, Yeah, guy, I don't I'm think there's nerd. any debate for sure. But like, <laughs> but like, you can look at people playing chess, right? Yeah. Like, ch- like we can stick with the chess example. When two really good players get together and actually play each other, it's so much more than just like moving pieces around.
0: You, that yeah. is so true, yeah.
1: Uh, and then like Dungeons and Dragons was what popped into my mind, which yeah. I've never played, but uh, it seems to me like, there's some sort of connection uh, and some sort of like con- combination of self-expression that goes on when you get people together who all understand Dungeons & Dragons.
0: Oh, for sure. That's, that's such a strong point. that's parallel. why they that's do That's a good point. The, the, like I listen in on, like as you might say, professional D&D sessions where the individuals playing all have such complete mastery of those rule books that they don't have to break the the dance in order to check the book but when i play personally i have not mastered those fundamentals and so
1: that's like it's that's such a beautiful like line of of thought process there it's yeah really cool.
0: it's it's making a lot of sense um and mm-hmm. uh, like and
1: then uh by the way bringing it back to another thematic element it's like think about the stereotypical like stranger things dungeons and dragons kid right uh-huh And, like, think about just how valuable and meaningful it would be for that type of person, the nerd type person, to be able to escape the hamster wheel.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah.
1: Right. And so like so you can make you can make fun of it. Dungeons and Dragons is really kind of weird and dorky. Or is it or Mm -hmm. have they found something that we the the criticizing uh, Mm -hmm. don't get a chance to do? Yeah. It's like and it's really everything is really kind of flipped, isn't it?
0: Man, and this is interesting, too, because looking at Dungeons & Dragons, like, I had some friends who played when I was younger, but they had not yet mastered it, and so when I witnessed it, it didn't click. I didn't get the magic of it, but Mm -hmm. when I encountered some of these, again, air quotes, professional sessions where mastery was already there, then the magic of it was shining through so completely that I wanted to do that, too, you know?
1: Yes. And that's like, you know, Mr. Holland's opus where they cancel the music program yeah. or whatever. Spoiler alert. Um, oh, no.
0: Look, <laughs> like, they haven't seen it by now. <laughs> uh,
1: but, like, that's, like, the big – that's the big question at play there. And, by the way, it's also uh, – that is one reason why sports are good hmm. because it's the same. Sports is the same. I played sports when I was a kid, and, like, I was good enough basketball player to be dangerous, uh, and that's what it is, right? It's like this uh, – it's it's like a brief opportunity uh, to express yourself freely,
2: hmm. that,
1: and it's a little bit about competition. Competition's cool; we like it. Adds it definitely adds gasoline to the fire, right? Yeah, but uh, that's not really what it is. It's interesting that there seem,
0: maybe there's a relationship between how easy it is for an individual to criticize something and how deeply they know that thing. Because I'm just thinking to myself, like I was made to play sports when I was a kid. You know, like my parents put me in soccer and, and basketball and stuff like that. I definitely never achieved like mastery on a personal level such that I could actually participate in the team. Indeed, as I got older, um, the team was doing things and I was off to the side. I was never a cohesive part of the team.
1: Yes. And that makes sense to me. So a lot of sports I played, I was like that. Yeah. Like basketball was the only sport where I, I was like integratable. hmm. Yeah.
0: I wondered, like, to what degree... So then, like, I have flippantly in the past uh, criticized sports, you know, um, recognizing that there's value to, like, being healthy and moving around. But, like, I have privileged the position of my chosen hobbies, like music and pipe band, above that of those who might choose to do sports i'm being a little bit flippant here right but you know as if like the sports pursuits are like of a lower order and like only the knuckle draggers would do that whereas i'm you know a a a more enlightened individual and so i Mm -hmm. do art instead right Mm -hmm. but if i think about it like no it's the how many reps did i put in right that's the reason i've been able to participate in a cohesive way with musical groups right if i had given the same time and effort to sports i probably would feel just as Mm, deeply and positively about the value of sports being something deeper than just moving your physical body around
1: yeah i would just augment what you said and like uh, yeah how many thoughtful like how many thoughtful purposeful reps did you put in
2: Mm, yeah
1: you know because that's a big difference
2: yeah that's true so
1: it maybe never clicked for you with sports but i mean like you know you can show you can you can show up more than other people and then the other people can get more out of it because it Mm. you know it's like how they're able to apply themselves is really important
0: yeah that's so interesting too like i've i've had brief stints as a as a lower grade pipe major and it has been boggling to me like like how do you how do you integrate individuals that's really what it comes down to is like if you've got a bunch of individual pipers and drummers, then it sounds like a big cacophony of individuals. Like it sounds like little kids playing next to each other. You know, we're in a circle, but we're each playing next to each other. We're not playing together. How do you That's get right. to that point where we're playing
1: together? You know, exactly. And there's only one way.
0: Piper's dojo. Piper's
1: No, there's only one way to do it, which is, Uh, And by the way, there's only one way to get humans to play together, Mm. right? There's only one, which is, you know, the individuals need to master the prerequisite skills to a certain degree. Like, like uh, maybe master is not the right word. They need to become competent uh, with, with the requisite skill sets. Yeah. That's the only way to do it. Like, for example, uh, you know, like in Mad Men, you, the secretaries like played this enormous role in like those ad agencies Mm -hmm. uh but like if they couldn't type they weren't getting that job Mm -hmm. let's say that's one that's one of like a that's just something that popped into my brain for some reason no that makes sense yeah Um, but like you know there are requisite skills Uh, one of the reasons that dojo has done well let's say so far is like is that i can type really fast
0: oh yeah wait literally that's it that's literally one of the things
1: like that's literally one of the things like if i couldn't type fast like like there would be no dojo really just just
0: wouldn't have produced as much content is that the idea and and it's
1: like and the fact that i spent tons and tons of hours on computers uh during my childhood like plays largely into it because you see you see like i'm not the only person who's thought of doing bagpipe lessons on the internet sure uh and there's a lot Uh, there's a lot of people who would like to probably but they don't have the requisite skills
0: Yes, it is something like, I don't want to make you uncomfortable with, with uh, you know fanning the flames of ego or anything, but it, I haven't- oh, That it, doesn't make me uncomfortable. Okay, well sit back and relax. Here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it has occurred to me before, just like how, what a remarkable sort of like um, confluence, is that the word? Like a meeting of the waters, as it were, uh, to yes. pull in the title of a pipe band, uh, or a, a pipe tune, um, where like we needed someone like Andrew Douglas who had some high level experience with piping, who also in that same human had exposure to um, the internet and computers, and also had drive and interest in education because you have to spend time on that. You know, you could choose to spend it on other things, right? All of those things had to come together for a product like the Piper's Dojo to exist. You might have any number of individuals with any one or two of those things, but you know what? What? What turns of fate, you know, and and serendipitous occurrences came together to make an individual at the right time in the right place to make this happen. And that could be applicable to, you know, everybody really with what they do in their spheres. Right. But yeah, um, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing, I guess. is, is all.
1: It's very, it's really interesting. And that's exactly like, that's exactly it. Uh, and by the way, like, I think that's probably true for everyone. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, there's a confluence of ingredients. Yeah. Uh, that that'll put together what it is that, Uh, you're going to be, be able to do really, really well. Hmm. Uh, And yeah. And I think there's another element too, right? So, so like, like think of the next inception layer up, right? So, so we were, we're talking about prerequisite skills, right? That that I had, that are able to like create this business, but then you could think of like the business as a prerequisite skill, right? Or like, or the thing that you're trying to sell, like that's your prerequisite. And then like, I think the next key ingredient is like, what do you do with that layer? Like, mm. what do you have to say? How are you going to express that layer? Because a lot of people are missing that as well. Mm. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. So there's a lot of bagpipe teachers out there, many of whom play better than me. Mm-hmm. Not that many, a few, let's say. <laughs> no, uh, just kidding. But uh, yeah, and, and you know, uh, so these people uh, have obviously tons and tons of skill. Um, and they might even be good at communicating how to play well, uh, but then what? You know, it's like Shakespeare had something to say. I think.
2: Yeah. How it's do you,
1: like how do you so you might be able to put to listen to you. Yeah, and you might you might be able to put like the words on the page, and you might be able to have the audience there that's willing to listen. But then what are you going to say? Mm. And like the stuff that he said was really the secret sauce. It wasn't. People think it's how he said it, or like you said that he had butts and seats that were there listening, but that's mm-hmm. not really it. It's like, you, you you have to take those and figure out what you what you have to add to it. And I think that's, I hope, because if it's not true, I'm in trouble. But like, I hope that's what really uh, drives the value if you, uh, you know, are a dojo member, let's say. It's mm-hmm. like, what we're saying is different than, right, uh, like than the, what other people say. And like it's not different- the core different. ideas that are like behind the words, right? It's, it's all the ingredients are the same, right? Like yeah. we have verbs and nouns and adjectives and right. we, you know, uh, we teach you not to have crossing noises and how to play the ear embellish. Like, you know, we have those same ingredients that other bagpipe teachers are going to have. But, uh, I think that we, uh, I think we take it to, a um, an augmented place for those who are receptive.
0: That, that makes sense to me. I mean, it, it, it feels a little bit like, um, like you know, you like you say you can have pretty words, you know, a a, a phrase that com- like here's something that comes to mind. Tell me, tell me if it feels applicable. Is that we have had the Iliad in our like canon of literature for centuries, and surely other stories have been told that have not lasted that long. And in the Iliad, there are there are any number of pretty words, you know, the the rosy fingers of dawn creeping over the horizon comes to mind because I. I'm looking out the window right now as as the sun is rising. Um, And that's pretty, but you could put, we might have something just as pretty in any number of poems and stories that have not lasted. So why has the Iliad lasted? And it's maybe because aside from having pretty words, because that is an an important element, it also has deep and meaningful ideas that, that last, you know? And so maybe that's part of the idea, right? Not only is the Piper's Dojo expressing things in a clear way that people can consume, as it were, like it lands well, but there are deeper concepts and ideas behind it that you know are are sticking. If that makes sense, mm-hmm.
1: could be. We might need more trinkets.
0: Maybe you need more you trinkets. Yeah. Yeah. Another uh, another badge system or something,
1: huh? Well, yeah, and and yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe that was like a ill-fated attempt at that. I wasn't
0: something. making fun of it. I thought it was cool.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think it's potentially cool too, but I I don't know if the execution has been as good with that particular element of things mm-hmm. but but yeah we're, we're working at it and maybe we'll figure it out but yeah maybe we're missing some key ingredients because like the iliad really is like such a great example or the bible or something like that right it's like you've codified sort of uh, really important knowledge concept this is all conceptual mm-hmm. i don't necessarily mm-hmm. i don't necessarily know that much about either of these, but like you've codified re- really important messaging, like in story form. Right. Like the story it super, becomes like a vehicle. That's Well, I mean, I think that's exactly right. Yeah. I, I've become like mildly obsessed with like this whole, uh, comet theory, mm. you know, uh, you know, where like 12,000 years ago or something, like there was a series of, uh, comet chunks that hit the earth mm. and, and how like, the idea the theory that there were actually advanced civilizations before that i love digging it like i love digging that stuff too um but like it's a fascinating idea what's, what's
0: that guy's name who wrote america before graham graham i think graham graham norton maybe graham hancock maybe Hang, hancock yeah, i know that's i, I, I think know. he's written a few books but he he's he's all about like the is it dis Dis-Ovian? the Clovis people, you know, like, oh, pe- yeah, pe- yeah. um, yeah, but, but yeah, like he, he's one of these Atlantis guys, you know, he, he's pretty sure. But I love were... that idea. Like oh, a, it too, could
1: be too. totally wrong. I just, I love the idea, but then also, um, all of these old stories mm-hmm. uh, and many of them disparate and not necessarily pertaining to like a single religion or anything. Sure. Like they yeah. all, they all mention the great flood, right?
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then like, is that just some sort of weird symbology or was there one or- mm-hmm. Or were there uh, a bunch
0: like, of little floods, but they seemed big to the person that was there?
1: Yeah, like who knows? And yeah. and that's all really interesting. And the only way, like, like, we're not getting that from a textbook, right? Mm. I mean, we sort of—I guess the Bible kind of is. Well, so,
0: so that's that's the thing, right? It, how do you or treat the it? books, right? Yeah, that, that, so or did for the some Bible people, yeah, ruin the stories? <laughs> like, that's <laughs> right. the next question. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. Like, like is the Bible like a textbook? Uh, and like, what would the world be like if we hadn't written it down? Is another yeah. f- fascinating idea. Like, what would what would the stories sound like?
0: Yeah, and then you've also got—you know—we can also take cutting off we could take other paths too, where it's like it was it intended as narrative was it intended as a textbook how do we how does the way that we engage with the iliad or the bible or the epic of gilgamesh or whatever the old story is right how does the way that we engage with it now um affect what we're what it what it does to us as as humans or as individuals
1: yeah and by the way that's a that's a huge theme uh it's a huge bagpiping theme as well so yeah, how, can can you make this tie tie together for me? Because like I'm oh, yeah. I'm so in the weeds. Pull me back. <laughs> Absolutely. So like like the p is a perfect example of mm. this. It's like how we engage with the music uh, is totally different now than it was when p rock was uh, actually being uh, you know perf- it like was actually let's call it like was current pop- popular. Yeah. So when when it was popular, like picture you know uh, picture Gaelic people before Culloden, right, when Mm. it was popular, the way people were engaging with the music was totally different than the way we engage with it now.
2: Mm.
1: It was like, they didn't have Netflix back then. This is the way I choose to look at it. Maybe someone will come on and correct me someday, but like, we didn't have Netflix back then. So like, you played music for each other. Mm. And you and like this, it was sort of like a form of storytelling and sharing musical ideas and improvising. And, you know, uh, it was just a super entertaining Way of doing all those things yeah and that's how you engage with it like think of it as like a social thing hmm. trying to think of like I'm trying to think of similarities today but uh, but meanwhile how we engage with it today is totally different yeah. usually competitive and even if it's not it's very like uh, formalized one to it's formalized one to many projection of a uh, contrived setting of a tune that comes yeah. from a book.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it feels like maybe um, I want to say like it's packaged in a way um, yeah. today that maybe maybe like music in general, right? Like how long is a song? Two and a half minutes, you know, like, well, says who, <laughs> but you know, um, and well, maybe p
1: Brock is P-Rock is way shorter now than it was before.
0: And, and that's blows my mind. Right. Because for me being a modern human P-Rock's long it's uh it's it's a bit of a of a tolerance curve for me to even get into it because of how long it is right but that's because of my context right my context is man three minutes is pushing it you know
1: yes yeah and it's just one of those things it's just been you know pbrock is one of those things that was just sort of wiped from society's memory Hmm. um you know, and then I like, guess what was it? it? It was, I guess it was just the expansion of the uh, British Empire sort of meant the extinguishing of a lot of these things. And and obviously it's not a criticism because needless to say, uh, you know, we've experienced that in our culture as well. Sure. You know, it's like this sort of like creeping hegemony. Yeah. Yeah. The um... Um, Pretty interesting to think about. And so like, you know, and then the next question is, is how we are playing P now good or mm-hmm. bad? And it's probably neither, uh, but it's definitely totally different. Definitely different. And, right. And then if it's definitely different, uh is there actual merit uh to those who claim to have real knowledge of right. how the tune of, of how the tune is quote unquote supposed to go.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh which I, I I definitely uh I'm not sure about. Let's that's, that's a mild way to put it.
0: Yeah, like like from a purely like even just like simple surface level mechanical standpoint, what if the player's fingers had never been trained to do like like a, a heavy throw? You know, like what if the player's fingers had not done thousands of reps on your modern standard E doubling? Um and then what if their instrument like their grandpa had turned the chanter and they had found the reeds out in the marsh themselves. And there was one, maybe two drones and they were tenor drones, what we would call today, tenor drones. And then how would the, every single note interact with that drone, you know, harmonically, like just, well, on, number just number surface drones though, how much a, would
1: be different? You know, the number of drones thing is fascinating. And, mm. and again, I don't know. I don't know if I'm correct on this, but I seem to recall in my reading that, uh, the three drones is not a given. Right, uh, and, yeah. And, and the third drone is a fairly recent addition, uh, which seems to have been brought about by the emergence of competitions.
0: Yes, way to twag um, Jeremy over at the Way2Twag's Bagpipes and History podcast, I think it was just last year, did a really interesting episode where he brought up a few historical sources where people would show up to competitions at some point with their two drone sets and they be turned away. would show
1: up. They wouldn't just show up. They would come and they would win. Uh, right? They were winning, absolutely. Yeah, and um, it was problematic because how can you give the uh, how can you give the prize money to this guy who's only playing two, two drones? I'm playing a bagpipe with three, which is way more difficult to master, right? Mm-hmm. So they had to figure out like they had to level the playing field. Yeah, and so they went with a three drone bagpipe.
0: Now, now. Looking at that, Andrew, what do, what do you think about like today's competition scene? I'm curious about a few things, and so okay. feel free to attack these as you please. But right. um, just some things I'm curious about: like, first of all, like song form. Um, do we keep MSRs forever? Um, is is the current library of what can be played sufficient? Does it need to be expanded? Do we need to switch some things out, etc.? I'm also curious about tuning, not just for a, on competition day, for example. Should there be at least thresholds where all bands must be below so many hertz in order to play? And if you're above that many hertz, you're going to get a dock, right? You're going to get a strike on your your scoring sheet. And also, tuning to notation. Will we reach a point where the bagpipe is reclassified as a B-flat-sounding, non-transposing instrument and our written music will reflect that? Or something else. Um, And then... Um, maybe if you want to uniforms, are those necessary to maintain a competition setting? Go.
1: Okay. So the first one was,
0: and you don't have to tackle all of them, nor in order, whatever thoughts come to your mind, Andrew, I just want to know what
1: you think. So the first one was musical format. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, I, I think MSRs are just fine. Mm -hmm. I like them. Uh, like what other formats would you like? Would be a would be a rebuttal to the idea that MSRs have to go.
0: Yeah, that's that's a fair question. So like,
1: yeah. okay, so what are you going to replace it with? Mm-hmm. I do feel strongly, privately, that uh, MSRs are not appropriate. No, no components of an MSR are appropriate for beginners. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, I feel like grade, uh, let's say in the EUSPBA grade four senior. Is the entry level, although now they have a grade five, which is weird. I uh, bet. Let's not go down that rabbit hole. But like at uh, at the entry level, we have people playing marches. Uh, marches are really really difficult, uh, and I think that we should probably start with uh, jigs. Oh really. Yeah, that's uh, interesting.
0: Like in my mind, marches always seemed like the foundation, the most basic thing, maybe correct. because we do parades and stuff, you know? And
1: that's why we do it. And that's why march is, is because people just kind of assume, but uh, we have the opportunity to teach like thousands of people at a time mm. on a daily basis. And I can tell you uh, that jigs are easier. And, that, and that's it, and, and that's what we should be going for at the entry level, right? We should we should be putting for forward as few barriers to entry uh, into the competitive art form as reasonably possible, yeah. and one of the ways we could do that uh, would be to just change up uh, what the expectations are at the entry level.
0: You're making me question my assumptions all over the place, Andrew, because I now realize that I also don't think of jigs in context in a context as a, their own thing. I think of jigs and reels. Mm-hmm. You know, well, so it's reels like, well...
1: are reels. Round reels are identical to round jigs mm-hmm. with only one change. Right, and the only difference is the number of, uh, you know, groove divisions per beat. Let's say, mm-hmm. so a reel would have four, and a jig would have three. But other than that, they're extremely similar.
0: So jigs and reels would be the entry, the entry point, rather than yeah. an MSR. Because I'm thinking, like, yeah. like timed medleys are usually a collection of marches, right? And that's that's where we start, isn't it? So, right. are we making a mistake with that, huh?
1: I I think so. Hmm. Yeah, and I also think that a slow march. Uh, And a jig or something would be a better format for entry level bands as well.
0: Do you think there's a question of of familiarity,
1: right? So there's a big question of that. So, so, uh, what gets people into it more? Like the fact that you can just transfer, but that's a huge problem though. It's like transferring the marches that you play on the street uh, into a march medley uh, that invites a whole host of problems. It would be better to, yeah to do something, including a jig. And, and again, I'm not talking about a jig at 120 beats per minute. Yeah, I'm talking about a jig at like, how about maybe 90-ish? Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's, it's the tempo of the jig that gives it the illusion that it's really difficult to play. Hmm. That's a good point. Uh, but anyway, what are we trying to do here, right? Uh, and then what I'd like to do is introduce as many people as possible uh, to all the benefits and excitements of competing, right? So uh, so we need to change some of the things. That's a good I've attitude
0: to, to have. I think too often we maybe by mistake end up like gatekeeping almost. And it's like, why no, would we do that? No, that's
1: exactly it. So the way we do things right now is we just filter for outliers. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, if there's nobody for the outliers to play with, uh, what you end up with is a really tight knit, close minded uh, community of people that have difficulty progressing. Mm-hmm. and don't have much support. Like, does that sound familiar? Oh, yeah, it sounds yeah. really familiar. Especially in North America, it sounds really familiar, right? We, we cannot continue to just filter for outliers. That's what we do right now. Grade four in the US PBA asks for a full P-Brock to be played. Wow. That is, you know, and, and again, I hope I don't, uh, I hope I don't put my uh, credential at jeopardy by saying this, but that's just utter ridiculousness.
0: That, that is like in Waspaba, I solo at grade, um, at grade four, grade three maybe, but I definitely can't play a whole P-brook, that's for sure. And so that makes me feel immediately inadequate and scared to think. <laughs> um, you,
1: we cannot be asking beginners to play for seven to eight minutes continuously
2: mm.
1: uh, under, under pressure. Under pressure, yeah. Uh, and the, the reason why might surprise you. The reason why is that some people can do it, hmm. <laughs> right? So, and then who who are those people? Those are the young Andrew Douglases and like the outliers, so to speak, right? Yeah. So the only people, like you say, gatekeeping, the only people getting through are uh, you know extremely apt, rare outliers, yeah, right. And the the rest get trapped, sort of in like forever purgatory, where what they really need to do is you know, focus on the things that matter, allowing them to progress, uh, you know, at a casual, uh, at a more casual rate, let's say, but then eventually they might get the bug and maybe yeah. they're never going to win a gold medal. Like maybe if you're not, it might be true that only those super talented people uh, eventually go through and win gold medals and world championships and stuff, but that's missing the point completely. Mm. It's like you're, you're cutting off your nose to spite your face.
0: Right.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, Because basically the outliers just end up in grade two and grade one solos together and there's no one else there. That's Uh, right, yeah. And there's no one there who loves the game uh, but can't progress so instead decides to support the game. Like like, uh, I think about baseball in that way. Like how many people are just out there who were never great baseball players but they love the game Mm -hmm. and then they are the ones who are there that hold the game up and build it into our culture and like, you know, make it a really interesting, valuable thing, which by the uh, really interesting, horribly boring, awful thing that I can't believe they put on television. Baseball?
2: Yeah, but it's like, that's just an
1: opinion. That's just an (laughs) opinion that I have. Like, I don't love baseball, but, uh, but for some reason, it's like this beautiful and wonderfully integrated game into our culture. That's like, that's what we kind of need and want for piping, I think. Hmm. Even yeah. chess, even chess, like chess, is another great example. There's like there's YouTube uh, personalities that get millions and millions of views on every video they put out, and they're not great chess players. They're just good. Yeah, and they got through right because there's not this weird gatekeeping thing where it's like, oh, if you can't beat Chess Master on hard mode uh, as a beginner, then you're not going anywhere. You
0: have no right to even to even have an online presence, right? Right. Yeah.
1: Uh, you're just never gonna you're just never gonna be seen because we're gonna filter you out early
0: right yeah you can't even come to the competition right that's
1: the. yeah like like i mean you could come but like what would be the point right you know the the other thing like the other just shockingly obvious uh awful thing is like one of the reasons i don't really play one of the reasons i don't play solos anymore uh, There's several but it's like when you play solos no one comes to watch yeah so true it's you and the judge (laughs) it's you and the judge which by the way has a variety of uh you know there's a variety of negative implications of only of not having any witnesses yeah (laughs) which is another reason i don't compete probably uh but yeah but like no one comes to watch like what are we even doing but why is no one coming to watch Mm. It's because there's no one left that's really particularly interested and it's because what we're doing isn't doesn't actually make any sense and it certainly pays no attention to the community that we should be trying to foster and to build.
0: Yeah. Uh, it, it almost starts to feel cartoonish, right? Like of like, you know, these like miserly, closed-minded, very few individuals like congratulating themselves and each other on having weeded out the rest, not realizing yeah. that like, one generation later, your organization disappears. You know, all of these ideas are gone. You know, it's like.
1: I uh, I believe we're heading in that way fast. Hmm. We're heading in that direction fast right now. Because when I was a kid and I played like grade one solos. Yeah. There would be at least a few people that would come to watch. Yeah. Certainly they would watch the bands. When we had Orin Moore, uh, you know, uh, 10 years or so ago. here. That's in the, the band Coast, you
0: started, right?
1: Uh, I didn't start it. No, uh, but I came, that was sort of the band that I grew up in. Oh, gotcha. And uh, I remember we played in grade one and like no one came to watch. Mm. Maybe it was because we were all behaving like jerks. Maybe that was part of it. <laughs> but uh, that's probably what the real reason, but maybe not. But it's just weird. It's just weird. And like you said, it's like bizarre echo chamber at best. Yeah. Like that's a generous, uh, that's a, uh, a general, gener- uh, I lost my word there. I think I know what you're going general. for. General, general, yeah. generous. There you go. Generous way of looking at it. At right. Best, yeah. There's, but uh,
0: like, like I, I've, I think I've probably already thoroughly stuck my foot in my mouth here. So I'm just gonna go ahead and go for it. Uh, this is another bullet point I'm putting on the list for talking to that professor about pipe bands as religions. Um, because one thing that comes to mind is a, a religious commentator who I've encountered before who talks about how, like, looking at, um, looking at your revolutions or restorations or you know protestant movement from catholicism type movements within religions how they're constantly splitting from each other and break, branching off and stuff he suggested that like think of if you think of it like lava you know there's a there's an idea here that's like exciting bright it attracts people but over time inevitably it will cake over crust over cool down and become immovable and stuck in the shape that it is and that's the point at which somebody needs a new lava flow to get something that can move again you know Yes. And And the,
1: the important thing is the movement. Okay. The movement of the lava Mm -hmm. is the important thing. And the specifics are typically not, not that important. Mm. For example, should you play a heavy D throw or a light D throw?
0: Are you asking the, me? Because I'm not willing to put my neck out there on this question. I know is, I'm willing to is, talk about religion and stuff, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna opine on which
1: <laughs> you're not crazy, right? But the right. answer to that question is, it doesn't matter.
2: <laughs> yeah. The, that Just play music, is,
1: right? That detail is so utterly unimportant. And the important thing, right, is the movement of the lava. Is the idea, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and then, like, so can you make? I mean, Angus McCall. Uh, I hope he doesn't mind me saying something like this. And like the way he plays a D throw is neither heavy nor light, I would say. It's yeah. like a slightly different way of playing it. Uh, and, um, and it's part of his incredible approach to making music. And no one bothers him about it, I don't think. I don't think anyone minds that he produces amazing music with a different style of D throw. Yeah. Nobody minds, right? And the, the movement of the lava in this case would just be like, you know, the inc- putting your head down and like doing everything you can to express yourself in, in beautiful, interesting ways. Mm. That seems to be what's important. Yeah. Let's go back to the competition thing. Yeah. Uh, and let's say, let's pretend for a moment that you share the same opinion, uh, you know, about this like weird stifling echo chamber, uh, rapidly dying art form that we have here right? Oh, like, go,
0: go ahead and pretend. I already told you how cynical I am. You can just assume yeah, just about whatever I you mean, want at this point. <laughs>
1: uh, so, if you wanted to turn things around, what might you do, right? Mm-hmm. And I gave you one idea already, like like the idea that the entry level material could be simpler, mm-hmm. could be thought through a little bit smarter. I think there are some other uh, there are some other interesting things that could be entertained uh, as well. But let's not go down there. And then a lot of the questions that you were asking me are. Are basically all pointing at that idea, right? Mm. So, like, should we change the music that we play? I think maybe, uh, but I'd, I don't think MSR should go away. I think maybe if you heard some really great MSRs emerge, uh, that might help you. Uh, that might help you cope with the fact that they're probably here to stay. Mm. <laughs> but like, you know, if if you hear ones that sound good, um, that would probably be, that would probably be better. And then, what was the other? What were some of the other questions?
0: Oh, uh, limitations for for tuning. Um, can we could we say no higher than so many hertz?
1: Um, right. You, you must yeah. keep it within so, reason. Um, I think I've I think I've spoken on this before, uh, but yeah, like I I believe that the bagpipe should ultimately uh, tune to concert B flat. Mm-hmm. Like. But how long will it take story? us to get there? Uh, well, it might never happen, right? I already, I'm
0: already worried about screwing my kids up. They're in piano lessons right now, but they're picking up the bagpipes, and I have to tell them, like, okay, now, forget well, some of the stuff you've learned because this has its own rules, you know.
1: If 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 you gave them a B flat chanter, which, by the way, I wouldn't rule that out. Mm-hmm. Like that's. Um, it's not like it would cause harm or anything. B flat chanter is very, very close. Holes might be like, what, millimeters slightly farther apart, Mm -hmm. maybe. Uh, But yeah, that B flat chanter, I mean, what's so awesome about it uh, is that it breaks down a lot of those barriers. So Mm -hmm. it takes the instrument where a lot of people assume it's like totally different from regular instruments and it makes it, generally speaking, almost totally the same. Yeah. So like once you're in B flat, like, you know, all the tunes that we play, you can play with any other kind of instrument. Right. Uh, which, is really, uh, which is really kind of important. And by the way, it would be a really easy change to make.
0: Personally, <laughs> I'd like to see us go all the way to Concert A, but I know that that's really asking a lot. I'd settle for B flat.
1: I, yeah, I, Concert A is kind of a weird one. I don't really see any evidence that the pipes have ever, have ever really played in Concert A. I think they probably started somewhere between A and B flat.
0: I believe you there. I mostly just have an easier time thinking in uh, a key that has more white keys than black instead sure. of starting on B-flat. So that's really but a there personal. Are lots <laughs> of,
1: there are lots of transposing instruments. I there do. are.
0: And, and yeah, there's especially if you look at like a concert band, like brass and stuff like that, like b uh that's a yeah. solid place to go for sure. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, and B-flat is like, ex- it would be extremely reasonable to just change the entire world to B-flat. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's something that could happen probably not overnight, but it could happen within 365 days. For example, <laughs> if, for example, if the RSPBA said, by the way, uh, starting in 2024, everyone needs to play in B flat. Uh, you know, let's just say, let's just pretend that happened. Uh, people would just do it. And uh, by 2024, it would be no problem. And Field Marshall would still have the best sound. Uh, yeah. and the best bands would still be the best bands, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I'm saying? But would like, we
0: Americans be like, look, we kept feet and miles, we're we're keeping our we're keeping the tuning as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that would be foolish, right? So so again, it's like it's a barrier to entry thing. Yeah. So it's like the bang the bang piping art form, the, as we know it in North America, with the exception of really small pockets throughout the continent, but it's like it's dying and seems to be dying fairly rapidly, right?
0: you know it's not just barrier like we've talked about barrier to entry for people playing the instrument but this one is a big barrier to entry for collaboration
1: yeah well and it's a and it's a barrier to entry like you're never going to get bagpipes in schools right uh if you can't tune it to a piano yeah like that's just not going to happen so like why why completely rule that out when it would be so simple to it, totally rule it in?
0: It feels like more more of that filtering, more of being like, look, this is we say these are the rules, we say this is the way it is, you must comply to us, or you know, too bad for you. And yeah. then we and then we die out, you know. Right. <laughs> like why have yeah. that attitude? Yeah, that's
1: like super it's like so super silly, yeah. Well and, and I mean even as insofar as like recruiting drummers and blah, blah, blah. And it's yeah. like if the bagpipes were more Uh, you know, normalized and more workable. I mean, think about pop music too. It's Mm -hmm. like everyone makes pop music in their garage now, except you still can't use bagpipes because they don't tune to anything.
0: Right. And the few people who are, are almost always doing it in B-flat.
1: Right. I mean, you have to go through either 49 excuses why you can't, or 49 minutes of changing all the instruments so you can. Mm, that's that's the, you know, Have you said that before, Andrew? Cause that came no, out that, nice. That was good. Th- that was new. I like right? that yeah. one. But yeah, like every rehearsal, cause I've played a lot of bagpipes in you know, like rock bands and contemporary. Yeah. And, I, and I've made a lot of pop music in my basement uh, with bagpipes and that's exactly it. It's like in order to do it, it requires insane amounts of setup or mm-hmm. technical knowledge uh, or- uh, Or a Blair digital chanter.
0: This episode brought to you by Blair Blair Digital... Not really. Uh, though, yeah. hey, Blair, if you wanted to uh, send me a digital chanter, I'd for sure give you some plugs. But
1: Yeah. Uh, um, I'm not sure he needs the plugs. The Blair chanter <laughs> is, like, so great. Right? Yeah. It's a great product. And I'm not being paid to say that. Although... Although I do know Murray pretty well, no
0: Murray. If you want to send Andrew some money, he'll say it some more.
1: <laughs> I don't think he needs to do that. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, <laughs> it's, sorry, yeah, I didn't, it's a I didn't mean to throw you off the
0: tracks there, carry but on. it's
1: one of the reasons. It's one of the reasons it is a great product. Yeah. You know. It's well, just that reasons. you
0: can just click into being in tune with other instruments. It's yeah, a big deal.
1: And like at at minimum, it's so great for rehearsing. Yeah. Right? But then at maximum, like you could use it for live performance art and stuff like that. But yeah, anyway, back to the original point, yeah. like it would be so easy. And by the way, like uh, even just like one tiny drop of courage and we wouldn't, no one would mind, right? Mm. Like the EUSPBA, for example, right? A tiny drop of courage in the PBA could say, hey guys, we're gonna play in B-flat now. We're gonna lead the charge. Yeah, like why, why, why do we have to be Why don't we have to be just like, especially because in other areas I know the attitude is screw everybody else and what they're doing. We're doing it our way. Yeah. Like so, why don't we do it our way in some, uh, you know, in a
0: constructive way. Yeah, constructively. That's a nice way to put it, right?
1: Why why can't we why can't we lead the charge uh, in constructive areas? Yeah, and B flat would just be obvious. Like it doesn't even change that much. You can order the Easy Drone low pitch reads. Yeah. Uh, and some just some by... pipes you
0: can just tune out a bit and you're, you're there.
1: Some of them, yes. And then like, you know, I think the, we're, we'll have to get reeds that are made, but they have those already. It's like, it's not that yeah, big exist. of a leap folks. And you, like... know,
0: you know, something else that's cool, Andrew, That I don't know, might not have been on your radar. Um, Dave over at the 3D printed bagpipes guy, he's been working on tuning pins that you could thread so you could unscrew them, take them out of your drones and put in slightly longer ones and just, just have your drones just go longer
1: sure that might work okay but you know but even with that it's like as soon as you start talking about that kind of thing mm-hmm. like now you're getting further from reality sure like sure. further like from f- further from the from core actually idea right yeah. being able to implement it in in the greater world let's say
0: you, you, you know what else andrew i don't know about where you are right now in the country but the b-flat chanters that i've had sound better where i live yeah
1: no, you are 100%, no doubt about it, correct. And by the way, I think most experts would agree mm. that the tone, the actual tone of the instrument was better back when things were a little bit lower. Mm. I think so, I might be wrong. But I sure then, like it more, that's for sure. I definitely prefer playing on my B flat. The reason the pitch goes up, okay, so this will address your third question. The reason the pitch goes up over time, it's just basic human psychology. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, when you hear two bagpipes, let's pretend two bagpipes, absolutely exactly identical in quality, but if one is slightly higher in pitch, you will you will psychologically prefer that. Makes sense. And that, yeah. and that's actually why they uh, invented concert pitch. Oh, to hold it steady because everything yes. was creeping. That's why concert mm. pitch was invented. Yeah. Is because uh, and I think it was a Catholic Church thing.
0: That makes sense, like so people were an like, organization with power that possessed the organs, basically
1: yeah and and again, this is all you know done is better than perfect, right, so my on research <laughs> yeah, my historical knowledge is like in the same that same venn diagram,, yeah. but like my uh my general understanding is at a certain point, the Catholic Church was like bros, you gotta like quit it with uh tweaking the pitch of your organs upward, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and so they just said like, okay, I think there was some sort of conference and they all decided that a four or something. Yeah. This and was
0: part of the Nicene Creed, I believe was one of those. Yeah, exactly. Part of there. the, um,
1: yeah. uh, part of the Nuremberg That's trials it, or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. um, I actually, I can see the book. I can see the book right now that has it in it, but we're, we don't have to get that nerdy today. Uh, but anyway, I read it somewhere. I think I see where I read it from, That's but. The thing. Uh, it's a thing. And so anyway, uh, they did it, we could do it too. So, but I absolutely 100%, no doubt about it, think that uh, pipe band uh, associations, let's say, the, like part of the rule set should be what your pitch should be. Yeah. Your, your, your acceptable range of pitches. Yeah. Cause like, do you, cause like it,
0: it wouldn't be practical outdoors with this temperamental instrument, right. To say it must be exactly this pitch. Right. But at least a range, right?
1: Well, yeah. And that's, uh, and, and you'd have to get into the weeds slightly on that. Mm-hmm. I think it could be probably as simple as, uh, what temperature it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, your acceptable range of pitches should slide up and down depending on what the Uh, on what the ambient temperature is. Hmm. yeah. But then, you know, it does get tricky. There's no doubt about it. This is probably why they haven't done it. Surely you would have some
0: people being like, oh, you know, we we played the best, but you know, because of this and this, this stupid rule, that's what made it so we couldn't win.
1: And in Scotland, right? Uh, Have you ever been?
0: I haven't been personally, but I've watched plenty of worlds to know that the weather does. No, (laughs) you
1: can't watch it. You can't, you have to, when you're there, Hmm. uh, it's remarkable and it seems to be different way different than it is here. So the difference between the, the temperature difference between when a cloud covers the sun and when the sun comes out, like it could be literally a 15 degree swing Mm. like within moments. Yeah. Right. And so that makes it tricky. So like, so what if we have our temperature and we have this like mandated pitch thing, but then the sun comes out
2: uh,
0: then the mandated pitch probably has to slide accordingly, huh?
1: So you'd ha- you'd have to probably like track it because mm. you can't ask a band to retune the entire band in final tuning. Yeah. So, so it's like not really quite reasonable. So you would probably have to like, you'd have to have some method of measuring what the band actually is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you would have to have some method of monitoring what the actual temperature is. And then there would have to be some kind of range. But yeah. I think it's totally worth it. And then I also think that you should just combine that with the general B-flat idea. And then suddenly you have competitive utopia, right? Yeah. So it's like, so it's like at 70 degrees, you should be within 3 hertz of B-flat,
2: mm.
1: right? And then if the temperature is 80 degrees, you should be within 3 hertz of some number that would be slightly higher.
0: Yeah. Or, or within uh, just expand it from B-flat within 12 hertz of B-flat right just expand the range maybe based on uh how extreme the weather's getting sure
1: yep yep or yeah and it's really just a question of the pitch going up it's not really a question of the pitch going down yeah so it would be like you know no more than three hertz higher than b flat for mm-hmm. like standard room temperature environments and then you know as the heat goes up and then um you need to do it as the heat goes down too yeah because it is true, you know, Field Marshall, I remember when we played in SFU, you know, we would always be trying to get in the same pitch ballpark as FM because they were just always ever so slightly sweeter. Mm-hmm. But a, a big component of that is that their pitch was ever so slightly higher.
2: Mm.
1: Like that's a huge weapon. It really is. Yeah. Um, and the problem is, not that that's a huge weapon the problem is that over time the pitch has been going up and up and up and up and it's literally changing
0: the physics of the instrument right when you start getting chanters that won't play down anymore like they're being manufactured to play up you know Mm -hmm. it's it's definitely uh
1: yep and then like the whole spacing is getting closer together and it's changing and like some of the basic physics of how the chanter actually works i think is more and more challenging like the the actual stability that you want and sort of need to achieve a high level of tuning, it's getting harder and harder to uh, reach that stability, mm. which may or may not be a hundred percent true. Like it might just be a case of reed making, having to catch up with the new design of Chanters and blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. But what's, but what's really going on is we're focusing on things that are not important at mm. the expense of the things that are important.
0: Yeah. Now, Andrew, that, That right there makes me think of another thing I wanted to ask you about, which is your approach with the dojo, your approach to education, where like, it seems that your focus is forget about your water trap until you can blow steady at least, right? Yeah, what
1: does a water trap do?
0: Traps water?
1: (laughs) Maybe, and then are you sure?
0: (laughs) Well, you know, here's the thing, I took mine out like six months after I got my pipes, and I've used one since then. So I don't know. I live in a very dry climate, so I don't. Uh, I, and then if I you, but even if it gets that gets in the way, is that what it does? It just gets in the way and makes it hard to blow up your
1: bag. <laughs> that's what I want to know. Like I want to know if you know what that thing actually does. Yeah. And if you do, and then you've calculated all the pros and cons because there are pros and there are cons to every one of those gadgets that you put in your pipes, right? Mm-hmm. I wanna know that you, you are in control of those pros and cons and you've made, a calc- you've made calculated decisions uh, and that you have an awareness and that your decisions are moving you in the direction of better and better music making,
2: mm.
1: which is very rare for any of those gadgets.
0: It feels like maybe there's a, another sort of like, oh, I don't know, a similarity of ideas here where with your, your interest in CrossFit, where like, does a person start taking supplements before they've done their first push-up or do they get you know like the supplements don't come in until you're at the last like half a percentage of a difference right uh, if if, you, if that if even then right and so yeah. like and then even are, at
1: that point even at that point are the supplements a placebo or are they actually helping
0: right right
1: like are the are it, like exactly so exactly so right.
0: so if this if there's a similar thing like applied to competition into piping in general that seems to be You know feel free to correct me or expand on this if if you'd like but like the the focus of dojo is in a lot of ways clear away the clutter here are the things to focus on now after you focused on those for years and totally have them down maybe there's room to bring in some of these supplements as it were but there's no point focusing on those in the meantime they're getting in the way get them out of
1: the way yep so um the best music i've ever heard the best bagpipe music i've ever heard none of it had a ross canister bag tied in Mm. none of it zero of it and like you might be saying well all of the good players nowadays are playing it yeah but when's the last time you heard a truly moving performance on one of those instruments and maybe i and it might be just my bias and everything factoring in Mm. right because i have a bias at this point yeah uh but like no like jack lee played the best p rock i've ever heard it was Desperate Battle of the Birds, 1998, Stonehill College. That's the best Peabrock i probably ever heard. Uh, but he was decidedly playing sheep and cane drone reeds. Hmm. And that's almost 100%, no doubt about it, a key contributing factor to why that Peabrock was so wonderful. Am it was because I... I had never heard a bagpipe like that. So in 1998, the world was in the middle of the Ross Canister rage era like like yeah. the the invention it had been recently invented and we were all hooked yeah uh and again i'm not saying their ross cancer systems are useless that's not what i'm saying
0: right uh that's ross, if, if y'all are listening if you want to send andrew some money we'll stop saying these things right
1: yeah you can send uh if you have any hate mail you can send it to dojo at bigrabshow.com. dot com there you go <laughs> uh but uh <laughs> But that's not what I'm saying. We were all hooked, though. So we were literally hooked into the hoses, the, all mm-hmm. the bagpipes. And, and like, so as a young player, that was the sound I was used to hearing. Yeah. And then Jack Lee showed up.
0: You heard and a he, naked bagpipe for the first time in exa- your life.
1: Exactly. Exactly <laughs> right. I mean, uh, that's exactly what happened. And it was mind blowing. And it should be noted for the record I was 100% in denial.
0: Oh, for really? E- for years. Couldn't be.
1: So Jack started coming around the Invermark schools, uh, beginning in the summer of 1999. I think is what it would have been. Actually, 1999. Uh, I met Jack in 1998. Uh, he was he judged at the Nickel Brown, um, and I won the Nickel Brown that year. And it was like kind of out of no, out of the blue, out mm. of nowhere. Um, was not zero percent expected. Uh, but anyway, and but then I got to meet him at the schools and I learned from Jack and for the first couple of years at the schools, Jack would say crazy outlandish things like, you know, if you tied a sheepskin bag on your pipes, you would learn about real bagpipe tone, he would say, you know, I'm paraphrasing, he said mm-hmm. it way more, uh, way uh, more artfully than that. And you know, I would just think to myself, like, this guy is just being kind of ridiculous and maybe he's just trying to be dramatic or something hmm. uh, but finally when i joined the sfu pipe band and you know they mandated that i play a sheep i mean it's instantly it, it was instantly obvious hmm. right and, uh, that it was just far better far superior quality of tone yeah now that that would be a you know, that would be one of the cons of the Ross canister system, right? Is that you sacrifice quality of tone significantly when you when you tie that in. Now there are pros as well. Like yeah. the obvious one is, you if you take care of your kitty litter, you, you never have moisture anymore. So that's an obvious upside because moisture is, you know, difficult to handle with the instrument.
0: And for some people, maybe especially in like a gigging situation or something, then having a consistently functional tool might, Outweigh the value of that enhancement of tone, and so there might be perfectly good reasons yeah. to go. Oh no, I'm I'm going with the with the full canister system.
1: Yeah. So a professional gigging, high level, player like that might be something worth exploring. Maybe.
0: <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, That's but all it's the still... further you're gonna go on down that road, huh? Yeah, but like,
1: <laughs> what's the real reason you're what's the real reason your bagpipe is getting wet? Is it mm-hmm. because you need moisture control or because you don't know what you're doing? Yeah. <laughs> and you haven't learned, and by the way, why haven't you learned? Mm-hmm. It's because you've been busy nuking your rocks and trying to find you know, the hole in the hose and figuring out why the zipper's leaking. And then you gotta, don't forget, you gotta lubricate the zipper and then, oops, you lubricated the zipper, but you accidentally nudged one of those tone enhancers out of position and then, you know, and then you had to, but don't forget, you had to try 13 new digital tuners this year yeah. to figure out. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it takes lo- up so
0: much time you actually didn't
1: play, right? You're focusing, on, <laughs> you're focusing on what doesn't matter at the expense of what does. To To That's be clear, it
0: doesn't sound like I'm only being critical. I myself only took my tone enhancers out uh, maybe a year ago. I've had tone enhancers in my pipes for, you know, 15 years.
1: <laughs> and the irony there is you take the tone enhancers out and then your tone instantly gets better. It gets enhanced. It's like, wait, what? Wait. Yeah, um, the, the tone enhancers are like particularly egregious because that's not what they do. So like- Mislabeled, you know, like, right? They yeah, should like, have been called- Yeah, what is a tone enhancer? A tone enhancer is an air restriction valve.
0: Oh, see, I was gonna say it's a reed catcher in case your reeds fall out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well, there's always the ways side benefits, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like the problem when you restrict the air, which by the way is, I think, why the Ross canister system decreases the quality of tone, mm. is because it also restricts the airflow to the reeds. Mm. So by restricting the airflow, you get a smoother airflow, right? You have like a, you have sort of a restriction valve in there that's sort of moderating it's the regulated. airflow. So you, yeah. Yeah, so you can regulate the airflow slightly, which is cool, which, well, is not actually cool because you're never gonna learn to blow steady if your if your unsteady blowing seems to result in steady, uh, steady, steady, steady output, output. Sh- sound, yeah, right. So you're covering up the problem. You're not addressing the problem, right? Yeah. Uh, but then, with that restriction of air, any experience with reeded instruments will tell you that when you restrict the airflow, it decreases the harmonic response. Mm. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like that you, totally you can just sense. play your practice chanter. You can just pra- uh, play your practice chanter and explore that phenomenon. Right? Yeah, I,
0: I'm immediately taken back to junior high school band class and, and yeah. you know, the, telling us about how, like look at this target on the wall and move air that direction. You, know, like you need more air moving through your horn. Yeah.
1: And there's all sorts of fun stuff, you know, like air support and like, you know, and all that. It's yeah. like, you know, and all that plays a role in good bagpipe sound production as well, mm-hmm. but not if there's uh, an array of hoses and tubes and stuff,
2: mm, getting you know, in the way.
1: yeah. And, and, and again, maybe someday down the road, you will find a use for those tools that, uh, y- you know, is the right decision, but there's trade-offs and as a beginner, right. Uh, as a beginner that those things are not appropriate.
0: Don't hit the juice as a beginner. Do some push-ups as a beginner, right?
1: It it would be like giving a second grader a calculator and trying to teach them math. Mm. What do they do? Well, they don't allow the calculator because that would be a really irresponsible uh, thing. Mm. It's also the same reason, folks, if you're listening, you should not give your five-year-old a phone, for God's sakes. (laughs) Oh, oh my God, it's so horrifying walking (laughs) around the world and seeing all of these but, five-year-olds, like literally with cell phones. How, my kid. how do
0: you really feel about that, Andrew?
1: It's awful. Yeah. You're, you're, willingly, you're willingly destroying the future of that child. Cause like the phone is so, I mean, it's, the phone is like a really poignant example of the same phenomenon. Have right? you had
0: this experience with your kids that my wife and I notice about ourselves, that like having our kids present makes us more aware of, of how bad our habits are with our phones? Like, uh, like, like when my very small child has told me to put my phone down, you know, it's like, yeah. oh man, like, it's tough. Yeah. Like, like they're like, put the phone down and listen to me. You know, it's like, you know, not, not that they can say it that way, but that's what they're getting at. You know, it's like, well, wow. What, where am the, I? And you like.
1: Know? The phone is like the perfect, most horrifying distillation of what I was saying, which is it forces you to focus on what doesn't matter at the mm. expense of what does. Mm. So you're I, kind you're of your breaking phone. my heart a little bit, Andrew. I know you're on your phone, right? And you're comparing and despairing with everyone you know on social media. Yeah. Uh, and you you are you're like you're keeping yourself ultra polarized politically and like you know putting all your blinders up and getting mad and angry and increasing your stress and doing all this stuff, in in a realm that's completely not controllable to you at all. Yeah. And then meanwhile, you, you, the your kid is just plopped in front of the TV or their own device. Yeah. Like what the hell? That's not it. That's not going to get us to the result that we want. Let's bring this back to bagpiping. It's the same, right? So it's like. Are digital tuners bad? No, but they're definitely not good either. Like what's the goal here? The goal here is to learn how to tune. Oh, right? so, so,
0: so you're thinking like you wanna see that needle moving so you get more of a feel? Is that what you're? Well, or, or, and
1: the idea, the idea that the digital tuner can tell you if you're in tune or not, that's a false idea. That's not oh, what it yeah. does. That's not even what it does.
0: Yeah, well, how how many times have have any of us like our tuner is saying you're bang on, but we play and we go this does, but it doesn't sound right, you know.
1: That's right. And what is, and how do you know it doesn't sound right? It's not cuz the tuner told you it did or didn't, yeah. right? The tuner can only report what's actually happening to you and it it can't even really do that. So that, you know, it's like all of these tools, right? We need to uh, we need to delay the gratification if that's even what it is mm-hmm. of using those tools. Uh, until we actually understand what they 're for mm-hmm. and we actually understand what the trade offs are mm. yeah, which by the way, you know is why uh, is why that 's why people <laughs> stop using our service let's say mm. yeah. it's like they 're looking for the shortcuts, but that would be it takes too long yeah, and it 's not short. actually a shortcut yeah it 's like a shortcut to hell basically. <laughs>
0: Have, have you found it a difficult thing to balance being a guy who is selling a product online in online spaces to not have yourself personally sucked into those um, you know chasing chasing likes and eyeballs and stuff like that like um, you know like you're're you're, what how do you what am I trying to say? I know like, what you're trying to say. You, you know, your personal life being consumed by, by the, the likes and follows, you know, while you are trying to occupy that online realm, you know, to sell your product, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, so, uh, yes. Do you it's have a, like personal uh,
0: practices where like you, I only use, you know, social media for these hours of the week on yeah. this device or, you know?
1: So the, the answer to that question, is that I don't allow myself to have any social media on my phone. Mm-hmm. So uh, because I need it for the business, right? Uh, I need a lot of those tools, I will allow myself to have it on my computer if I wanna bring it up on the web browser or mm-hmm. whatever, but I do, I cannot allow it on my phone anymore.
0: Is that from personal experience or did you yeah. just see it with awareness and go, that's not gonna be good news for me?
1: It's pers- per- like uh, both, yeah. Uh, but yeah, personal experience. You know, yeah. I was an early adopter of most of these technologies, um, and then like, it ends up defining you. Mm. It's like you just I just sit there and I scroll and I yeah. scroll and I scroll and I and, and uh, as I scroll and you could ask yourself this question too. I'm sure you already have. It's like, are you getting happier as you scroll? Mm. Never. Yeah. Are you getting better? And by the way, like, I find that podcasts. Make me better. Hmm. So, I, I definitely still have podcasts on my phone. Um, like, I think that's a great medium and, like, really, really cool. And same with audiobooks.
2: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: that, those, might, those two things might be the reason I don't get rid of my phone altogether. Yeah. Uh, and then, meanwhile, like, I don't hate social media. I just have to very carefully control it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because, uh, because it is cool and useful. And Facebook is awesome. It's an incredible, incredible technology. It's interesting that it's
0: like, it's yet another tool that's not bad in and of itself, but if you, so if you understand what it's It's for and use it the way it ought to be, it's great.
1: That's right. It's not just not bad. It's like miraculously beautiful, incredible, awesome. Yeah. It's what it is. It's so amazing, but we don't understand the downsides of it. Mm. Uh, And it's, it's not like, there's no stories, like going back to like encoded stories about morality, right? Right. There's no encoded stories Uh, built into culture across thousands of years, warning (laughs) us about the dangers of social media, right?
0: So we've got the Epic of Gilgamesh, but we have yet to write down the Epic of Mark Zuckerberg.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But centuries from
0: now, perhaps.
1: Yeah, and I mean, uh, you know, a lot of people are Elon Musk haters, but like what we're learning with the Twitter, like change of ownership, You know, like it doesn't matter what side of the issue you're on. It's extremely important for our culture moving forward. Mm, It's like like we're learning a lot of extremely important lessons, I think, based on what's going on with Twitter. And by the way, like we learned a lot of uh, cryptocurrency lessons this year too. You know, like (laughs) but like all of these technologies a year of learning, hasn't it? (laughs) Yeah, but like all of these technologies are like gut wrenching, gut wrenchingly amazing, and so 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 incredible. Yeah, like they really are. Like they're so great. Uh, Humanity, it has a potential to be progressed like so incredibly far from all this stuff. I really do believe it. Like I'm an optimist Yeah. but uh, but I'm also a realist in the sense that like a lot of that stuff is just really, really bad. And by the way, and then your, I think your original question was kind of like, do I experience cognitive dissonance between the two things? Mm -hmm. There was an element of that and uh, the answer is absolutely I do. Mm. Cause yeah. it's like, cause I use all of this fancy technology uh, to market and promote and operate my business. But then like my, the main thesis of what we teach at the dojo is, you know, uh, to g- get all the way back to basics mm-hmm. and try to actually learn those things.
0: Yeah. Using the technology to point people back towards something that's, not it's like it's like you're utilizing the gadget in their hand to say now put this gadget down and focus on something that's not the gadget
1: yeah 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 that's wild i think it's okay because i think the technology is good uh if you're if you're using it uh for the right reasons and i don't mean right i don't mean right morally i mean right as in like pointing in the direction of what you consider to be good
0: well, sure. And I think may, may, maybe also you could say right as in like mm, most correct or most uh, effective use. Like like you could use a screwdriver to knock uh, a nail into a board. You, you could. Yeah. You absolutely could. Um, but it could be even better utilized. And there's another tool that could be
1: better utilized for that task. And so. Yeah. And you can also use a screwdriver for terrible things. <laughs> True enough. True enough. Right. Yeah. So it's, the, it's like it's the question. And, you know, uh, it's a it's a really interesting question, you know? Yeah. It's like, are guns good or bad?
0: Oh, you went there. I, I, I see, I, <laughs> I was like, yeah, No, but I mean, gun,
1: I guns is like the perfect example, right? Yeah. It's like, well, no, gun, guns are bad because they kill people. Well, hang on a second.
2: Mm.
1: You know, it's like, that's not, that's not just it. And social media isn't just bad. It's actually incredible.
0: I, I certainly like some of the deepest and most meaningful relationships with humans that I have are with people who I only know via social media. And like, what would my life be yeah. without those people? It would be not as great as it is. It definitely has had an enriching effect for me.
1: Yeah. Oh, and it, and it goes many layers deep, too. Not to mention Dojo.
0: Who, whom among us would even know of it? How could it exist without the internet and social platforms and stuff. I
1: love. Yeah.
0: I love the hundred day challenge Facebook group. You know.
1: Oh, that's funny because I've uh, I've uh, I don't love that group. Anymore. You don't love it? I
0: I, I I like I like just seeing like the the effort, the check ins, you know, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I don't like the um, I don't like the infiltration of uh, bagpipe status seekers. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. So so you, maybe you don't get as excited about the people who say
0: I'm on day three hundred ninety, but they sound maybe. That's, like maybe it's the focus is maybe in the wrong spot once again. You
1: know, uh, that's exactly it, right? That makes so sense. Yeah. if you are at day 100, if you're at day 390, and you're still posting on this group. Uh, and, and again, I'm gonna have to backtrack here in a second. But if you're still posting on day 390, you, you are misunderstanding the purpose. To begin with, it's interesting. It feels almost like this is another stuck in adolescence thing. Absolutely,
0: it does have it's It's a trinket, but you're supposed to move on from it. You're not supposed to stay there forever.
1: That's right. And and we've moved on at the dojo. We've moved on from the hundred day challenge because it's not actually uh, because it it's it's yeah it's not actually uh, um, achieving the correct result. Hmm. So so the 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 idea of it is obviously like you know it doesn't make sense to work on your Lewis, if you only play your bagpipes once every four weeks. Right,
2: right, right.
1: So so let's play at least a tune on our pipes every single day and get into that habit, okay? Yeah. But it's like, once you're in the habit, you need to, uh, you, you know, the next step is to augment that, not mm-hmm. to keep, not to see how many days you can string together. Yeah. Right, Is like once it becomes like this weird, like it's a totally weird, bizarre, kind of pathetic thing to hang your hat on, right? I, I, it's like saying, <laughs> it's like saying, Bro, I'm better than you because I brush my teeth for 390 days straight. But then
0: maybe there's no toothpaste on the brush or something like well,
1: that. Well, or, or like...
0: But maybe what you're getting at more is like the assessment that I'm better than you in the first place because of a thing.
1: And, and it's like, and in this case, it's not even... In this case, it's just like the ante in the poker game. Oh, yeah. It's not even... You're not even playing poker yet, right? So it's like once we are actually in the habit, Congratulations that's a huge milestone good for you but then what
0: then what yeah you know we've already we've already offended midsections and talked religion and guns even um so i'm gonna go ahead and also say like here's another bullet point on my list for the religion thing right it's like are you going to carry around a status symbol that actually doesn't mean much you know it's like the hedging up the way kind of thing right mm -hmm. whereas are you are you if i may use the phrase is this a letter of the law but you're not living the spirit of the law situation
1: yes but
0: i cut you off go on andrew
1: no that's uh, that's exactly it and so like the 100 day challenge it's cool and i absolutely 100 percent believe and think that if you're not playing your pipes every day i actually don't play my pipes every day uh but purposefully scandal okay scandal alert yeah (laughs) We could talk about that if you want. Y'all
0: have but, to listen two hours to get the real, the real juicy stuff here.
1: Yeah, but it's like uh, it's the same idea. It's daily action versus massive action. So, so if you're not doing something, if you're not doing this bagpiping thing daily, right? And I'm not talking about playing your practice chanter. I mean like bagpipers. Let's play our bagpipes daily. Uh, if you're not doing that, uh, nothing further up the chain is gonna, uh, gonna turn out particularly well for you. Right? So yeah. it's like, it doesn't, you're, you're not gonna fix your heavy D throw problem. <laughs> See how I snuck that in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not gonna <laughs> fix that um, uh, unless you're playing regularly and you have a relationship with your instrument and it's actually integrated into your day-to-day life. That's what the 100 day challenge is really all about. Yeah. So for, for those who understand that, good for you. Uh, and, but it's like, you know, uh, now you've done that now you've done that for a while, it's a habit. You start to feel weird when you don't play. Mm. That's cool, we like that, but then what? It's like, then you need to take it from just doing the bare minimum to making the bare minimum maybe slightly more, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And we need to kind of work up to that where, and then we get to the point where on a day-to-day basis, I don't think great pipers are playing for two hours every single day. Mm. I don't think that's, uh, uh, that's definitely not my experience. Um, mm. Some people at the absolute most elite maybe do that at key moments during the year
0: in, in prep for a competition, maybe. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Maybe at strategic, but like, I think the minimum is going to be something like thoughtful, focused playing for 15 to 30 minutes a day.
0: Yeah. That tracks with my experience. Best Piper I've ever known is my buddy, Zach. And when we were kids, he played for hours a day, but by the time he was soloing in grade one, nope, it's a few minutes here and there. He'd, he'd,
1: he'd pick his solo on his way to the competition really. Um, maybe, and, and, maybe that's knew, not, you know? and maybe that's not a best practice, but it probably represents like minimum to yeah. be successful. And, and it's probably different for different people. It's probably different depending on what kind of mood they're in, you know? Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, so you, you reach, what we need to do is develop a minimally viable set of daily actions. Yeah, it's right? like the tiny habits thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And it it needs to be minimally viable because it's not really that important what you do when you're in the mood to do it. Mm. What's important is what you do even when you're not in the mood.
0: Oh, yeah. Totally makes
1: sense. Yeah. You following what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like that's what's actually important. So what is the minimally viable set of habits that I have uh, to keep my piping moving in the direction that I want it to move? Well, it's like, okay, we can start with that. We can start with, okay, no matter what happens, I'm gonna get the pipes out and play at least one tune every day. Like, that's a great place to start. But like, as you progress, we need to, you know, we need to try and go a little bit beyond that. Hmm. It's like, now I'm gonna get the pipes out. I'm gonna spend a few minutes getting them, like, let's say, just an example. Like, now I'll spend a few minutes getting them in tune every single day.
2: Hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay, and now it's like, now I'm gonna spend a few minutes, I don't know, Uh, playing, you know, uh, playing a specific set of my, a a specific piece of my repertoire, or maybe keeping it on a nice rotation, like at bare minimum.
2: Right, right.
1: Right, and then, you know, uh, but then also we do need to kind of like pare things down to to focus on really what's super important, because like on a day where, you know, uh, on a day where you're having an argument With your wife, and you know you didn't have enough to eat, and you're really tired, and you didn't sleep well the night before because your kids were sick. You still got to play if you're serious about this. Sorry, folks. Or if it's Thanksgiving and you got the whole family coming over at eleven, you you got to get your playing in before then. Mm -hmm. And maybe not, maybe not Thanksgiving, but like what about the Friday after Thanksgiving? Yeah, it's like you got to play. And if you don't play, uh, you know. And if you don't play Thursday or friday what are the odds you're going to play on saturday
0: is it, it really snowballs or, or de snowballs as right? it were pretty quickly yeah. yeah
1: and then suddenly you get to the point where oh it's uh time to start practicing for saint patrick's day and i haven't played since before thanksgiving yeah and then did you get any better in that time nope you probably got worse actually
0: well and then it can have this like 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 self-perpetuating negative aspect too because then at that point the aspect of the, the idea of getting your pipes out again you know that it's going to be harder than it was the last time you played before thanksgiving and so exactly. then it's, it's like well now i don't really want to even you know and the tuning's going to be all off my my muscles are going to be weak you know
1: mm-hmm. exactly right There's and so momentum
0: thing isn't there
1: and then uh and so what's more important you know Uh, Learning about deep and meaningful light and shade, strong week, medium week, Straths Bay expression, or just making sure you got your pipes out today and then you did something. Yeah. And then, you know, and then over time, we want to increase the thoughtfulness of it. And by the way, uh, CrossFit definitely taught me that lesson really nicely. You know, Mm. it's like uh, you just got to get in the car and you got to show up there. Mm. Yeah. That's step one. And then once you get in the habit of that, and it's obvious that that's what you're gonna do every day, uh, then you can start saying, okay, cool. Now I'm going to, you know, now I'm going to- Work on your, uh, work on your form. What what do they call the the wild pull-ups
0: with CrossFit? With the kipping pull-ups? Is that the one where you do the full full body thing? The muscle up, I think that's the one I'm thinking of, where where you do the whole, the worm in the air kind of thing.
1: Yeah, you gotta deprioritize the muscle up. And then you also need to deprioritize the intensity uh, and you deprioritize all those things because first and foremost, what's important is like the habit of, of doing it. It's doing something is infinitely better than doing nothing.
0: So get there first. Yep. Get the and pipes that, out And most first. pipers
1: don't do that, right? Yeah. Most pipers don't do that. Yeah. They, um, uh, you know, they read the blog articles and they watch the YouTube videos, which, by the way, is important. Yeah, uh, but then like, uh, and then they play the practice channer, but like, you know, never quite get around to it. Mm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Never get quite to get ra- around to the meat and potatoes. Yeah, pretty interesting. Yeah, pretty interesting. And like, and that's why you know, and and really, it's it's really just evolution that's resulted in the dojo, that's become our main thesis. It's just evolution. We started like everybody else starts,
2: mm-hmm.
1: teaching the deep and meaningful expression and. You know how to be how to be successful and the heavy left foot and how to tune a pipe band and et cetera, et cetera. But like, what's the real problem with pipe bands? It's like the the real reason a pipe band can't progress has nothing to do with pipe band craft.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: At, or at least that's 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 later. We're not we got to get past the other stuff but, first. But it's right? not
1: even true. I mean, what's the reason Inverary was second at the worlds this year and not first? It doesn't really have to do with our craft. It mm. has to do with the fact that the individuals in the band uh, needed to be slightly better prepared. yeah, and and that's possibly myself incl- included. but I, I think like even in the band, if anyone in the band hears this, I think they'd probably agree. Like where things came apart, uh, you know, it didn't have to do with what we were doing as a band. It had to do more with you know, uh, issues with individual bagpipes, let's say, or individual preparedness. And it was difficult this year because they're coming back from COVID and all that. So maybe a little bit of that's to be expected, et cetera, et cetera. But I, you know, but that's the case in the lower grades too. It's yeah. like, is, is the problem with the band, the tempos? Uh, is it the breaks? Like, yeah, I don't know if you've ever been in a pipe band, but like at least 45% of the time in a pipe band, you're working on the breaks, right? For sure, yeah. Got to work on those breaks. Yeah. I say, screw the breaks, man. <laughs> like, like, we really, 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 don't need to work on the brakes.
2: Uh,
1: Cuz you're working on the brakes with half the pipe band, right? Right. Yes. It's not you, yeah. There's You don't have band practice.
0: They're yeah, well, not
1: there and, yet, right? Or they're just not there. Yeah. Like the real problem with pipe bands is that only 20% of the band shows up.
0: Yeah. Or even some of those <laughs> who show up don't show up.
1: Yeah, and like we need those people in the band, right? Cuz yeah. if 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 uh, the people who never show up, if we asked them to leave the band, we wouldn't really have a band anymore. Right. Except you only ever practice with the number of people that show up, which begs the question: like, what kind of band do you want? Yeah, which begs the, you know what I mean, and uh, it's really difficult. And it, people experience it at all levels, and it contributes to bagpipe status disease as well.
2: Yeah, because there that's... are no
1: con- there are no consequences for me not showing up. Uh, therefore, I'm some kind of hot shot, mm. and why would I change my behavior?
0: Yeah, irony is the kind of, of, kind of of only responsible in a way.
1: Well, and the irony is only revealed later, right? Yeah. When you go to the competition, you get your butt kicked uh, by bands who you don't consider to be as good as you, except they are, they're actually way better because they actually show up. But you get your butt kicked by the guys who are able to actually show up. They're showing up, yeah. And then you storm off the field uh, in disgust.
2: Mm.
1: Like only then is the irony revealed. Mm. Oh my God what are we going to do this year to get the results that we want, like to move the band forward? I really want to see improvement this year. And like everything, we consider everything, uh, and, we, and we do it really hard in order to avoid the fairly obvious truth, which is that individuals aren't doing what, what would need to be done to move things forward. Yeah. And that's not a personal assault on people. It's just facts, right? No, so it makes sense. It, If you only came to three out of four practices, or sorry, if you only came to one out of four practices all winter long as a habit, uh, then how can the band, and by the way, that's all random. It's not like you come on the first Saturday of every month. That might actually be better. Something bands should consider,
2: Hmm.
1: right? Which is like during the off season, stop trying to rehearse twice a week.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Like that's not a sustainable thing. It's not realistic. It would be way, way, way better to say, please rehearse on your own, get some lessons, work on some solo stuff. And we'll see you, uh, you know, the first Saturday of February to get ready for St. Patrick's Day. Well,
0: that, like, so like even before showing up for only one out of four practices, like what is, what is each individual doing at home every day, right?
1: Well, and they're not doing what they should be doing because they're, uh, they're probably focused on the guilt of not actually wanting or being able to go to two practices a week.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Another (laughs) self-perpetuating negative cycle. Absolutely. absolutely you you mentioned early on that the idea of like toddlers playing next to each other and then not really playing together more fighting more often but sometimes playing together you know as they get older and stuff it it does make i feel like there's something interesting here like thinking of like child development where like we, we we seem to think i believe the current idea is that very young babies um don't have individuation yet they don't perceive themselves as separate from their mother. Typically it's like, we are one unit and then there's everything else. And it makes so, total
1: sense to me. I mean, you've had kids so yeah. it's like, like the bottom line babies, there's nothing going on at first. <laughs> how <Right>? dare you <laughs> no no it's not like yeah like when they when they when a baby smiles at you they're really just farting
0: <laughs> yep yep it's just gas yeah
1: yeah like and you <laughs> when you have kids you realize that it's like yeah. oh okay um and, and when, when they you hug you it's realize... usually by
0: accident they're not holding yeah. your hand that's just a monkey falling out of a tree response that kind of stuff
1: <laughs> we take all that stuff for granted right yeah we take all that stuff for granted but like no it took your kid three and a half months to just roll over onto their stomach yeah Right. And then like, yeah. Meanwhile, one going to one practice every month is going to uh, turn uh, going to contribute to your pipe band. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm just anyway. Like- so, so continuing with your point though. I feel, feel like I interrupted that. No, no,
0: no, no, not at all. You're, you're making, you're making the point. Absolutely. That like, it just seems to me like if you're looking at a child, like they start out unable to conceive of the idea of themselves as an, as an individual then they enter individuation and they begin to be able to perceive that they are an individual. And often then there's a phase where it's like, I am the center of the universe. I'm the only individual, right? Mm-hmm. It's only me and everybody else is a, uh, a sort of like amalgamation of, of everything else, right? Yeah. But it's only through complete individuation that they can eventually develop to a point where they can, in a productive way, participate in cohesive play with other individuals, Yes. You know, and so like, I feel like there's something similar happening with pipe band participation where like really early on in the journey, you might not actually have the skills or ability to understand no, no. You, you, you as You definitely don't have them. Right. And so then eventually you get to where you can hear yourself as separate, but you must keep going in order to then be able to integrate yourself back into something that's bigger. If you get stuck on that individual thing, you get maybe some of that, um, maybe a lot of those sort of negative things. The, the, uh. The adolescence phase maybe is where it's like, here I am and I'm a rock star. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm pulling too many things together. Um, It's
1: beautiful because like the other thing that comes to my mind is what is play? So we're talking mm. about the kids, right? And eventually they get to the point where they can play together. But like, what is it? What is playing? And playing is, right? Playing is like this awesome realization that uh, when I put my creativity together with yours, it's, it multiplies, mm. right? Like the effect, the effect, uh, the result multiplies the two creativities together. Like it's way, way more than the sum of the parts. Right, one plus and, one is three, right? Yeah, and like, that's what play is. It's like incredible, yeah. right? It's like this incredible realization that you can have, right, but it takes, it, it. and when you have kids, you learn this like the hard way for a long period of time. It's like that process takes a really long time. Yeah. Uh, and by the way uh, p- uh grown-ups we totally destroy that process right like when 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 we get in the way <laughs> yeah and we yeah. D- uh, and it's so hard like i'm such a control freak yeah just sub like like uh unless i'm really really purposeful like if the kids start fighting i get in there right away and break it up but it's like yeah within reason it's like such an important part of the process because every time you break it up you uh, destroy the chance that um, that they'll get one like some of those really nice m- m- you know multiplying moments where yeah. like the play is like really really incredible. But it's like okay, that's what that's what pipe bands is. Yeah, that's that's why we do it. Every now and then you get this amazing, like exponentially explosive creative output.
0: Yeah, something that was bigger than all of us.
1: Yeah, uh, ex- well, wait, and not just bigger like like just way bigger, like super, super awesome.
0: And right? you get those little tastes and that's what keeps you there, isn't it? You keep chasing it, you wanna find it again.
1: But the, but the important thing is like those, in a, when you're in a be, beginner band, okay? So a beginner band, like a grade five or a grade four band, those are beginner bands, right? And why do I say that? Well, it's because uh, those moments that you get where th- the output is actually good are still accidental. Mm right and they're just the result of like you know accidentally things coming together a little bit at the right time and the idea is that we want to become more purposeful about that over time yeah such that like in a band like inverary um you you get that whenever you whenever you purposefully put all the pieces together it's Mm. gonna happen right Um, and so you know i think the first thing is just adopting that beginner's mind and, and realizing that when you're in a band, it's all just babies, right? Mm -hmm. We're all little musical babies, and that's not bad. I'm not saying something bad. I'm just telling you what it is. It's like, you don't know what you're doing yet. Okay, cool. First of all, embrace that. You don't know what you're doing.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. You just don't, it's just a thing, right? And then so like, how would you, uh, if you were a baby that didn't know what it was doing, what would you do? Like you would, well, you don't really have a choice when you're a baby, but you're sort of like immersed in an environment with lots of adults. Right, and people observing, who can, right? Yeah, and, and adults. And by the way, like different adult environments result in different styles of toddlers, mm, don't certainly, they? Certainly, yeah. Yeah. But like so you 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 would be immersed, you would you would be mimicking, you would be by the way just like trying to figure out how to move yourself through space so that you can do like some things, so you can go like do some things that you want to do. And right. eventually like you learn how to, how to walk around and you now you're controlling yourself through space and you might be learning like the basics of speech and all that stuff. And that, that's a process that takes time. Hmm. Uh, and then, you know, you, you want to try to become more and more purposeful over time.
3: Hmm.
1: And then in pipe bands, 80% of us in beginner level pipe bands do none of those things,
2: hmm.
1: right? Like they just don't do any of it. Yeah. And then we expect, and then there's 20% that sort of get it, that that is what needs to happen. And they sort of do it. But if you have 80% of people not doing it and 20% sort of doing it, what is the result going to be? It's just, it's not going to be anything. Yeah. And that should be obvious. You're not going to have that magic moment. Yeah. And then, so what are you going to do to solve that problem? And then people just do the wrong things. Hmm. It's like, oh, like let's, uh, let's hire a famous bagpiper to come in for a long weekend and work with the band. That's like obviously the furthest thing from what's actually. It's needed. like heaven. I mean, it's like having
0: Einstein come and lecture a room of toddlers, right?
1: Yeah, and and it's true. No, like maybe it's not. It's not all bad. That's not what I'm saying. Like having that person in there might light a fire under a couple people's butts. Sure. You know, and and maybe that's maybe that's a little nudge out the door that the whole band needs to get the boulder rolling down the hill. Like maybe. Okay, maybe. But it seems to me like there's drastically higher percentage things you could do. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like like you need on... to
1: somehow inspire 80% of your band.
0: Right? right? Flip that you flip ne- that over. You, on its you head. need to flip
1: it. You need to inspire 80% of the band to do what the 20% was doing, which which is like more or less generally working on their individual skills so that they can contribute. Right. And then the other 20% that that's not getting it, you know, that's probably a reality. Like there's probably always going to be the weakest link type people in your band, but you need to make sure they're in the minority mm, mm. And, and and not definitely, obviously, totally the majority. Mm. Uh, and high level bands fall into this trap as well. It's like you cut a lot of deals with quote unquote good players that want to play in your quote unquote good band. You cut a lot of deals, mm. which is basically like you don't have to can, you don't have to develop your personal playing. You just have to kind of show up and be awesome in our band. And, yeah. and like, that's not it either. That's not actually what people want. That's not actually what the high level player wants either.
0: It's an interesting thing that like, I mean, you have played basketball, like the, the Olympic dream team isn't the best basketball team in the world. It's a collection of superstars, but the best basketball team in the world is is not just a collection of superstars.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think, yeah, basketball, like when they brought Coach K on to coach the team, why did they do that? You know, uh, why did they do that? It's because they needed to figure out some way uh, to bring all of these like superstars and get them to actually play
0: like as a like team. Like a cohesive unit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And like, the you know, and they brought Coach K who, by the way, that's his area of expertise. Like he takes, he takes potential superstars and teaches them how to work as a team. That's why he's the greatest coach of all time. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. Totally. Like that's not what the NBA coaches do, right? The NBA coaches like figure out how to get uh, people who are already superstars uh, to beat other teams of people who are already superstars. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So like the Coach K move was genius. Yeah. And then he brought on a bunch of assistants uh, that could help him in that process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating. And well, then what is a, and by the way, you totally, it's totally what high-level pipe bands is as well. Mm-hmm. Totally, because like, you know, in grade one pipe bands, you don't play in a grade one pipe band unless you're already superstar quality. And I guess what I mean, it like, I'm talking about maybe a top six pipe band, right? And like the real job of a pipe major of those top level bands uh, is to manage all that talent. You know, and it's it's fascinating. Yeah. But it's also, for the record, almost 100 percent different than than the environment that you're going to get in a lower grade band. Yeah. Like for example, how much does Stewart have to teach guys in Inverary uh, to play without crossing noises? Like how much? Right. How often ha- is that really going to come up? How much is in that, that discussed? Circle? Yeah. But like, how much should that be discussed in a lower grade band?
0: Maybe, maybe, maybe that should be the main topic every night. Actually.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, probably not. Mm. Actually, it should probably be rhythm. But yes. Yeah, no, yeah,
0: exactly. Do you want to turn this somehow into a into a clever plug for finding bagpipe freedom?
1: Well, <laughs> uh, I love the idea of freedom. You know, yeah. definitely, I love the idea. I'll answer, and, and that's an, an what eagle it is.
0: Soaring, the sound of an eagle screaming in the in the air as you say that. In, in yeah, post. yeah,
1: yeah. But I mean, that's what it is. The bag, the bagpipe represents an opportunity for you to like uh, explore what freedom could mean
2: hmm.
1: and, and and practice freedom. But like you have to, but you are responsible uh, for digging yourself out of those things that constrain you though, hmm. mm-hmm. right? It's like, we have to learn the, the musical basics and we have to learn how to operate the instrument. Like you have to learn that. Yeah. Like your coach cannot shoot foul shots for you.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: You are gonna have to play the chess opening, right? Hmm. Like you're gonna have to do it, but it represents like, like something that is pretty rare. Like it's pretty rare that you can do something that's truly your own in the world.
0: It's, I I love Andrew that like, it feels like maybe almost comical to take such big ideas and cram them into our niche hobby, but also like, why not? Let's do it. You know, Like that's that's what life is, right? This is what we're doing. Think about,
1: like if it's anything like your life, think about, like if there's anyone left out there listening, think about (laughs) your life, right? And think about, like, think about how rotten it would be if you didn't have creative outlets where yeah. where you could do things. And then it's like, maybe you actually don't actually have any, if you think about it enough. Yeah, I think a lot of people are like that. It's like, uh, I have several, I think, where I'm like creative-ish in the sense that like, I have enough control over things to be able to a painted picture, but it, but you instantly take it for granted as well. So it's not like, yeah. I'm not bragging, but like, yeah, if I want to pick up my pipes and, and play like an awesome tune, I can do that. Or if I want to write a computer program or a little, you know, or or play like a game of chess, like I could do that. Uh, and like, I think that's really important. I think, I think that's probably why people are drawn to the bagpipes in the first place.
2: Hmm.
1: It's because it's like, when you see someone play, something really good on the pipes like it is striking isn't it hmm. it's just amazing uh, and then you're like ooh I want to do that and then you know it's going to be tricky to learn how to do that but it's going to be working